Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why we need more world drops in Destiny. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. If you come to the YouTube channel to watch me live, you can always hit subscribe, the bell button, or the join button to pick from the membership tiers with the perks and benefits. If you'd rather use Patreon, you can go to sntrpresents.com, and the same tiers and memberships are there, and they get all the benefits in Discord. So, why are we saying we need more world drops? You know, what, what, is, what does Lono mean? We, do we need more loot dropping in public events? In general, I'm going to be arguing in this video that we meet, we need the loot to be dropping more out in the world and less trips to the tower. You guys have heard me make this rant before. I put out a lot of ideas in other videos and Q&A, but I wanted to kind of draw it all together. So first, I'm going to talk about year three. Because I do think year three had good intentions, but the structure and loot delivery of year three was held back by some things and delivered in a certain way that I think we need to move away. Uh, we need to move away from. And then I also want to talk about NPCs and boons, right? NPCs and boons, and uh, what you know? How could these be utilized to really bolster this and and, and really push forward the idea that loot's out in the world and not just in the tower? And then I want to end by talking about umbrals and how they need to reverse umbrals and reverse the way that umbrals work. Um, so first, let's just talk about uh, year three. So the seasonal content in year three was always expiring. It was it was it was here and then gone in three months. And I believe that logistical decision really affected the way that they delivered loot. It was very mechanical. It had to be really efficient and it had to be very, very generous. So if you look at the Vex offensive structure, how generous it was, then Season of Dawn with, with you know, and, and at the end with like Fractaline. And then if you look at this current season with the Umbrals, like they've been very, very transactional with loot delivery. And I think this has a lot to do with the fact that there is a three-month window where it's here, and then it's gone. I think that's had a huge influence on loot delivery in year three. Now, that is changing in year four, but I think it's important to note that that had a significant effect on this year and the structure of the loot delivery, as well as the content loop itself. We've come full circle. This is this is kind of a realization I came the other to the other day. We've kind of come full circle, and we're right back to token slamming to get loot. If you remember year one, Destiny 2, uh, Destiny 2 year 1, there was a a very significant amount of complaining about how we were constantly having to get loot from NPCs by token slamming. You're just going to a loot and token, 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 tokens. So people became very, very averse to tokens. So much so that people have said that tokens are the problem with trials, and I've argued that the tokens aren't the problem. It's the fact that like the way you get them and how many you get and how often you could get them and spending them was the real issue. I think tokens could work beautifully in trials if you're getting them all weekend and can just spend them. That keeps a lot of casuals in there because you're just constantly earning tokens but people were so against tokens after year one that they hated seeing them in trials okay we've come full circle we're right kind of back there again where we are in the tower essentially token slamming to get our loot we're just doing it in a slightly different way the spirit of ada bounties to fractaline to umbrals is actually good i think in essence and the goal of these of these decisions is actually a good decision. It's just being delivered in such a literal and such a mechanical way that I believe the experience is is starting to feel really hollow. You're you're essentially going and getting all of your loot in the tower. Some of my most recent god rolls, I'll give you an example. My Ikelos sniper that I got. I got this in the tower. 
So there's there's no journey, there's no boss defeat, there's no moment where I finally got this. I was just slamming umbrals, and I go to the postmaster, and it's sitting in the postmaster. It's just very, very mechanical. It's a very hollow, non-loot pursuit oriented experience, and I think that that needs to change. So let's talk about how could this be implemented? If you're going to be putting the world, you know, the loot out in the world, how are you going to maintain the generosity and the intentionality? Okay, let's talk about NPCs and boons. First, NPCs can be a source for loot without token slamming. I believe that you can do this. I believe that they can get to a place where the NPCs in the tower, whether it's Shaq, Zavala, Drifter, or whoever, they can be a source for loot without token slamming, without me buying loot in the tower the way we did in Destiny 1. One of the ways I've argued they can do this is with a weapon boon, and these can be updated every season. Obviously, if you didn't get the boon, the weapon that you wanted, it would stick around, but they could add one or two weapon boons a season. I think that's actually fair. I think they need to do more of that. I think especially Shaxx and Zavala need to have more regular loot updates. If it's one or two weapons a season, I don't think that that's that big of a deal. I mean, they were doing seasonal pinnacles for a while, and you know, and I'm asking for you know a little bit more than that, maybe. What you would do is you would buy the boon with tokens, so tokens would still serve a purpose, but it would be a currency for uh, a boon instead of a instead of a gun. Once you had that boon and it was activated and it was purchased, you know, you purchase it, it's activated. Then anytime you run strikes, that weapon has a chance to drop from the boss, and the chance goes up the longer you're in the playlist. So there's a there's an incentive to stay in the playlist instead of bouncing when you get your least favorite strike. You know, after so many strikes, the boon becomes more effective and you know only lasts for a couple hours. You could tie all this together in a, with a nice bow by having a seasonal rank with the NPC. So I'm leveling up Zavala. If you remember when we were leveling up the obelisks, we got different perks. There were different things that unlocked. All of a sudden, certain things were more effective because I had leveled up the obelisk on a certain planet. So if Zavala hits rank 25, suddenly your boons are more effective. Maybe they're cheaper. Maybe they maybe they proc the higher drop rate quicker. So instead of waiting for the maximum drop rate at five strikes, it hits at three strikes. And so you're giving that person that reason to ritualistically, daily and weekly engage with a certain piece of content, the strike playlist. And there's a loot reward attached to it. What this does is, is it brings the essence of Fractaline, Umbrals, and Ada Bounties but it puts the loot out in the world. It's not suddenly this, oh, gotta go back to the tower and cash in my seven or eight umbrals and hope I get a god roll. It brings back the excitement of a loot drop. You would use the exact same you would use the exact same structure for Crucible, which would bring back end-of-game Crucible rewards that you're constantly checking and getting excited about, and ranking up shacks would obviously make the boons more effective. Now, someone's saying this requires reinvigoration of the playlist. I believe this in and of itself is an act of reinvigorating those playlists. You don't necessarily need to change crucible or the maps or strikes or the strike layout if you do this it's already going to reinvigorate and give people the reason to go run those strikes now i argued in another place that i would love to see you know in my how to improve strikes video a seasonal strike playlist that gets updated it's a smaller sampling of strikes and they make changes and it's more seasonally driven and you know every season they update it you know five or six strikes get rotated in and out to keep it fresh you know by the end of the season so i agree with that i definitely think they could do something like that but this in and of itself would be a great system just by itself to keep strikes you know meaningful and to keep crucible grinding meaningful as well 
Lastly, let's talk about reverse umbrals because umbrals are certainly, you know, uh, a factor this season and kind of thinking about how we really are just buying things from the tower ultimately like my my sniper god roll or my Ikelos SMG god roll that I got I think we need to reverse the way that umbrals function I love the idea of investing in the recaster and having a currency and having a method of picking or shrinking my loot pool I think all of that in principle is great it's great however I think we should reverse the order. What I would do is, is I would know, hey, I'm about to go do some bounties and some strikes and uh, some crucible or whatever. I'm going to go configure the umbral uh, recaster. I'm going to dump some currency into it. And for the next you know, two or three hours, however much currency you spend, right, would, would determine how long. If you know you only have about an hour of playtime, you know, you'd, you'd put in enough currency for it to be an hour. And for the next hour, I can either get the sniper or the grenade launcher like right now when i when i focus the umbral i can focus it to either be the sniper or the grenade launcher great perfect i can figure that i go run my content and then when i see the umbral drop on the ground i get excited because the umbrals look different they got like the black smoke coming off of them i run over i pick it up and i check the roll there is something about when an exotic drops right now you hear the noise you see the ingram you run over to it and you check the stat roll on the armor i think we need to recapture that that's really the only loot drop in the game right now that is exciting if i see an umbral drop i know it's either the sniper or the grenade launcher you know if i'm running the strike and i see an ingram pop out of the boss i know it's probably going to be one of the weapons from the weapon boon and you know getting rewards at end of crucible would be the exact same way So instead of getting the umbrals and getting a stack and going back to the tower to configure them all, you would configure them ahead of time. I'm okay with them. Some, you know, some of them coming down and already being focused or already being a certain, you know, weapon pool type or something. That's fine too. But I think if you reverse umbrals, so you use the currency to configure and then go play the game, we're achieving the same thing. NPCs and boons and seasonal rank and like seasonal boons that you know different weapons each season again one or two and then the umbrals the umbrals are a great way to kind of keep that whirlpool fresh when you're just out running public events and stuff flashpoint whatever or you're in a strike it's keeping that world that pool fresh you're rotating things in and out it's a great way to reissue some of those guns maybe from a long long time ago like all of a sudden you know the Mananan shows back up or the Lincoln Green you're like oh cool with updated perks blah 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 And then when it drops, it brings back that sense of excitement. We really, really need more world drops. Ultimately, that's what I'm arguing for. I believe these are really, really good ways to use existing systems to put loot out in the world instead of in the tower. As always, we're going to transition to Q&A and VIP call-ins. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, you can watch me live at SayNoToRage.com or support me directly on Patreon at SNTRPresents.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about why we need more world drops in Destiny 2. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, you can always catch me live on YouTube. Just go to SayNoToRage.com. If you'd rather support directly through Patreon, you can go to SNTRPresents.com. Both the Patreon and YouTube have identical tiers of support. On YouTube, you would just click the Join button. Uh, It's free to click the subscribe and the bell button, so feel free to do that. I am going to be joined today by a co-host. This is a first-time co-hosting. We do have that tier available on YouTube and Patreon. Mr. Han Barolo is here. Say hello to the folks at home. Thanks for being here, sir. Hello, chat. I'm super excited to do this. 
We've had a couple of people and do. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Go, go ahead. Go ahead and say something. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's a great opportunity. I've been you know watching for a while and really looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, we've had a couple other people do it. We've had Wolverine and Avenger do it, and uh, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty expensive tier. So not a lot of folks. I totally get that. Uh, I don't. We're, we're going to come up with some ways of doing it on the new show with Repeat Theater, uh, as far as like people jumping in. That's right. Techno did. Uh, that's right. Techno did a co-host as well. That was like a, a one-time thing where somebody gave theirs away. Donkey Donkey Sausage gave theirs away. We're not allowing people to give away their co-hosts anymore. Uh, I just don't want that to turn into uh, like an ongoing thing. So we're going to jump in here with the first question um, from Avenger. It says, I feel like the world drops need to happen more often, but at the same time, the systems in D2 are heavily ingrained in getting a large amount of powerfuls from vendors. Do you think this could should change altogether or keep it but still expand the world drops? So you're zeroing in on powerfuls from vendors. You know, could that change altogether? I didn't even consider th- how this would affect leveling, but I do believe the two are related to each other. I have consistently said that if you want to get a powerful from an activity, it should just be rhythmic, and I believe all drops should drop at your level. You shouldn't need to hunt down a vendor who's a plus zero. I think that that's incredibly stupid. Everything should be dropping at your level. There's Listen, if you're going to allow a vendor to drop at zero for token slamming, I think that that's a perfectly legitimate reason to say the whole game should just do that. Like that's, I think that that's incredibly stupid. So just make everything drop at your level. And then if I want to get powerfuls from strikes and I don't want to play crucible or gambit I should be able to do that I disagree with the philosophy that like if you want to level you got to go play all these other pieces of content I don't think that's the, the appropriate way to get healthy engagement in the game so every three strikes should be a powerful maybe if you're going to let me do it rhythmically you could up the count a little bit maybe every four strikes it's powerful and then the, the drops in between they're helping me level. Keep in mind, this would dovetail beautifully with weapon boons and a seasonal rank with an NPC because I'd have a reason to just stay in the strike playlist. I'm getting drops. I'm leveling. This is great. I'm coming back tomorrow. I mean, there's something about the reason they do like the front heavy nature to the seasons, I think is because it makes you feel that sense of reward right away from the $10. So you kind of attach it to your purchase and you're like, that was a good, you know, that was a good purchase. And so I think if that was happening more in other pieces of the content where you felt like a lot of things were happening and dropping both drops and leveling. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I do think more and more people would, would sign up for that daily, you know, daily, weekly uh, engagement as opposed to what folks do now is I think they kind of blitz the leveling, run whatever the new content loop is, and then they get burned out and take a break. And if they're more casual, they just do that more spread out. They do that more spread out. They're like, oh, you know, I'm going to just ma- mainly try to level and run these content loops to try to get these, these guns. Brolo, what do you think here? How does the what I outlined in World Drops, how do you feel this relating to like leveling and powerfuls with how it's currently set up? I think you're right. I think there needs to be more engagement outside of just going to vendors. Um, I mean, I did like a quick run through today because, you know, they outlined, oh, here's the 30 weapons available in the season right now. Okay. There's 32 technically with the season pass drops. 19 are in the Vanguard six are in crucible and two are in the clan drops and so there's only like three world drops not including the season pass that are actually like you know unique to the world so i think having 
more having the the powerfuls and the weapons more spread out in, in different activities to get people more engaged is definitely something that's needed rather than just sitting in the tower slam 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 okay i got my stuff let's go and then just logging off hmm. so so you're okay with do you think it should limit my powerful so i have to go run crucible and gambit i should essentially run out of pve powerful drops for the week do you think that's okay how they they presently have it I think that that in itself is not necessarily a huge problem to me personally. I don't mind, I, maybe not Gambit, okay, I mean, but that's that's a whole, you know, we had a whole other video about Gambit. But I think, you know, spreading this stuff out over the activities is is okay. You know, I don't, I don't mind having to like do specific things. Mm-hmm. My problem more is like, what do I do? Like, why should I keep doing it after that? Right. You know? Right, and I think that's where seasonal rank, world drops, boons, and things like that can perpetuate a reason to run strikes, a reason to run crucible. Because you do, you kind of hit max level, and you're like, why bother with any of this? I think Bungie's very cognizant of this reality. They bumped all those other ones to to, to plus one pinnacles because they knew people were just like ignoring Mm -hmm. those playlists once they hit max level. I mean, they must have been truly desperate. Either this or it was some. I thought it was a mistake at first because people must really not be playing strikes specifically if they turn the, the three strikes into a pinnacle, but they left the nightfall as a powerful. Like that was really confusing to me. I never even realized that. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe they thought it would be a double dip, but yeah, three nightfalls is a powerful pinnacle for the high score, and then they converted the three strikes and pinnacle. Yeah, I never really thought about that. That does seem a little bit backwards, a little bit odd that they they set it up in that way. I'm I'm hoping that's a sign that leveling is getting an overhaul because that that doesn't seem like a very robust holistic approach of an update. That kind of seems patchwork, and I mean. To not give it for three Nightfalls, but to give it... They converted Gambit into Pinnacle for three Gambits, and then mm-hmm. they converted Crucible to uh, Pinnacle for four Crucibles. That that seems to me equal to three Nightfalls. Um, so that is odd. Again, maybe they thought that was a double dip, but of all the places to allow somebody to double dip, I think the high score and the three Nightfalls is an acceptable quote-unquote yeah. double dip. I would even qualify that as a double dip. Yeah, I, I agree. I think having... I mean, because it's apart from grinding, you know, prisms or shards or whatever, or, you know, just having that sort of, oh, I did the Grandmaster this week. You know, the, once you hit Pinnacle, there's no reason to do Nightfalls. It's just a shame because there's a lot more opportunity mm-hmm. for loot and for, you know, more challenging mechanical content potentially with, like, you know, to the Grandmasters and, and Nightfalls. But there's just, there's no reason to run it because you don't get, you don't get, you know, Specific, you don't get a uh, unique loot, whether that be weapons or cosmetics, and you don't get a pinnacle out of it. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you do the 100K and that's it. And why would you bother running something harder? You know, I'm an end game player, but I'm not like super hardcore end game. Well, and th- this could this could give them a perfect reason to say there's a weapon boon for strikes and it's like one gun per season. It's just, it's unique to Vanguard. You got one that's unique to Crucible. And then you could do a Nightfall weapon boon. It's a different weapon. And it's you could only get it to drop in you know, Nightfall or Deal. And the likelihood of it dropping goes way up the further up in difficulty you go. So its drop rate's like really kind of low on the lower Nightfalls. But it goes, it goes up really high when you go up in difficulty. And 
you would then have that reason to say Nightfalls have a specific thing that can only drop there. You could do something very similar with armor, you know, high stat roll armor boons that only work in the Nightfall. Um, and that would essentially be PvE's, you know, Trials of Osiris. Like, if Trials of Osiris brings adept weapons, I suppose you could say we have our raid, and our raid should have, you know, special best in class standout weaponry like what a depth weapon should feel like and but i i don't think i i think nightfalls if they if they add adept weapons to trials and raid weapons are truly standout and special then grandmasters are in this weird spot of it's it's an insanely challenging currency grind like what like there needs to be something in there or it feels out of place with the loot hierarchy that we're anticipating well Something that I thought about today or like kind of recently this morning was, you know, with the Nightfalls too, maybe on the higher difficulties, you know, because right now, if you want the older seasonal content, you just go and slam the engrams at the um, recaster. But maybe they could, you know, give previous seasonal loot as just random drops from enemies in the higher level Nightfalls too, maybe with updated perks. So like Scarlet Keep can give... Some of the moon weapons, including premonition. I know that's specific to the dungeon, but it can make it more interesting if it's like on a master or grandmaster nightfall. Like inverted spire can give undying weapons. Um, just to just to like add just a little bit more reason for people who maybe didn't get that seasonal stuff to play the higher level content. Yeah, yeah, that'd be another way to recycle some of the stuff back in. And I mean, I said we need to reverse Umbrals anyway. I mean, Umbrals is just another version of Token Slam. Like, we're in the tower getting our rewards and and spending currency in the tower to get a reward to spit out is Destiny 2 Vanilla. I mean, it's what we were doing. It was Token Slamming for everything. And uh, that's what the, the Umbrals sort of feel like. So that'd be another great way, I think, to repurpose some of that stuff. Gonna go to the next question here. Doge. The Vex Invasion was one of my favorite parts of Undying. It added to the atmosphere of Undying, and it had its loot pool shared with Vex Offensive, giving it a reason to do the event. Should Bungie dedicate bandwidth on world events such as Vex Invasions? I I, I tend to agree with you. I think Vex Invasions are more interesting than Contact Public Event or the Tower Public Event. I'm, I am very much against, and I know there's people that disagree with me on this, like, oh, Contact Public Event's fine. There is something to me about the content loop being a public event that's kind of a meat grinder that is not match made, you know, it's just random. I don't I do not like that. But when the Vex invasions were happening, that I thought was cool. Now, it obviously got repetitive and people were really confused on how to summon the final boss, but I did. I liked how it happened. It was it was it like you say, it added to the atmosphere. If you did it properly, you could summon that big boss. It was pretty difficult. Now, I know, I remember seeing people complain about the fact that they they couldn't beat it in time. It was actually really hard if there was just like one or two of you. The final boss was pretty tanky. And again, it came down to not enough people in the public space to do it. This is always going to be a lingering challenge when you do something dope in the public space is if you get home, it's Thursday and you boot up Destiny, 9 o'clock, you want to play for an hour or two before bed, and for whatever reason, your region just doesn't have a lot of people in that particular spot at that particular time, you you kind of feel screwed. You're like, well, man, nobody is here. This is, again, why 
I think world events and world and public events as, as the main content loop is just a giant gamble. You're gambling with people's experience. Now, every time I bring this up, people are like, I never had any trouble. I've it's always been fine for me. And I mean, I guess that's fine, but I kind of feel like that's like somebody saying, well, the traffic's never a problem for me, and they go downtown at, you know, two in the afternoon. We'll try going downtown at rush hour in the morning or rush hour in the evening. Well, I never have a problem getting downtown. What are you talking about? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, you've, you've had... You've had an easy way with the contact public event, or you've had an easy way with these events because you always get kind of that lucky everybody's around event. And if you're the unlucky person that is there when nobody's there, it can be really frustrating. And I, you know, Avengers saying it can't be core content is super difficult because till the it'll end up like Seraph Towers, right? And so then, how interesting can it be? Vex Invasion was kind of close to the line of, man, this is this is kind of tough. If there's nobody around, um, but I know people want the world to feel alive, and that's definitely what invasions brought. The, the theme of the season, people are like, "Oh, there's these things popping out of the sky," you know, let's kill them and stuff. It definitely brought that feel, and I and I enjoyed it. But then I also wanted to be sympathetic to the people that did not enjoy it and did not have a good run with it. Um, what do you think on this on this subject? Uh, Brolo, because we've had Escalation Protocol, Vex Invasions, the Tower event, and now Contact. They've had a variety of attempts to make the public space feel alive and have this stuff happening. How do you think it's gone over, and are, are there ways they could you know, improve on the experience? Okay, I think I, I really agree with Dodge, Doge, that um, they should focus more bandwidth on world events, because okay, I get like, yeah, you're right. Not everybody had a great time with it because maybe it was a little too hard or there weren't enough people around. But I think that's just the reality of everything being either tower based or, you know, especially now the UI, you don't even have to leave the UI to engage in any of the content. Actually, you can just sit in orbit and click on something and go there. I think people just aren't in the open world and that's partly because of world drops. Um, I think the Vex invasions, I, I really like them. Uh, it gives you a reason to actually stay in the open world and you know and do the events i think public events right now are completely useless what do you get you get like a little bit of currency and maybe like a blue weapon mm-hmm. okay i mean and, and also they're a little too easy i mean most people okay i'm not gonna say most a lot of people can solo them i mean i solo heroic public events all the time i actually i even soloed the titan heroic uh contact event with the hive which was it was very hard but it was fun but I think the world events are good. I think they could do something similar that, okay, maybe if they don't sprinkle in stuff from uh, the previous seasons and Nightfalls, they could do it in Vex Invasions or, you know, some other kind of like Fallen Invasion. Like we saw in Beyond Light, they had miniature uh, Scourge bosses. Maybe that's going to be your world event. Who knows? Um, I, I think if you had something like kind of classic MMO, like maybe a class item with a little like fallen head on it or something as a projection like we have right now with the current bond uh they, they you know glows brighter or changes color based on how many of the world events you've done that could be a little bit more you know of a encouragement basically well i think you touched on a factor that could mitigate some of what i was talking about in that 
there really isn't a drive to be in the public space. I mean, the, the, the invasions obviously were not a central piece. The Vex Offensive was, and the Nightmares were. Like, those were central content loops, mm-hmm. and the Vex invasions kind of weren't. And then Contact, Public Event, and the Towers, and Escalation Protocol. Well, that's that's the thing to go do. And so... I definitely think that there's there's some there's some good insight there that well if you get people out of the tower and get people out into the public space then these invasion or public ev- public world events that are happening could feel a little bit more uh, accessible and enjoyable than I I 100% agree that th- that could make a significant difference. I just think they've really got to dance on the line. They do. They got to dance on the line because Look at the yeah. difference between the tower event and contact. Minimal difference, but the experience is dramatically different for the community. Yeah, I agree. There, there has to be like some kind of limit on where they go with it. I mean, the, the tower event was... <laughs> the problem with the tower event too is that it was so difficult that everybody wanted to get it done either on reset or like on Wednesday, right? So that anybody who, who tried to go do it after Wednesday, maybe like, or even sometimes Wednesday night, at least in my experience on my time zone, I'm the yeah. UK, it just wasn't happening. Like mm-hmm. there was nobody there, okay? Like you would sit there for like three hours waiting for people and maybe you get two people, try to try to three man it, know you're gonna fail and then it just wouldn't happen. So they, they need to kind of go somewhere between contact, because contact is okay. I mean, you can get away with three or four people and, ve- and the Vex invasions. But, the, but avoid the tower event at all costs. Well, th- th- this is a bit of a side tangent, but the thing that kills me about how much people defend the contact public event, because I think we're letting Bungie get away with, not highway robbery, but it's like, they we're letting them get away with a crappy with a crappy event, I think. That's my opinion. But I, I think most of the defense, people are like, just use guillotine. I wonder if guillotine didn't exist, would people still think contact was a good event? Oh, you can do it with two or three people. Like, I don't know. You take oppressive darkness and guillotine away, and I think the event takes on a whole different shape and experience where Unstoppable and Anti-Barry and all these champions are going to cause more of a headache. Not that it will become impossible, but I think it would be more frustrating. I think there's always going to be... No, I, I get what you're saying, because... Yeah, Falling Guillotine just makes everything incredibly easy. I mean, when I did the Titan one solo, I was using Anarchy. But again, Anarchy is like another kind of broken gun. So, yeah, I mainly enjoy it because it is it is a meat grinder. But I also don't really play a whole lot of games right now that have that. Mm-hmm. And to like finally be able to like mow down a ton of enemies at a time in Destiny, where normally you just get dogpiled and kind of die... It felt felt it felt a little good. It, it feels good to feel a bit powerful, but I I do think you're right that we're letting Bungie get away with in reality a not so great event just because we have kind of broken guns. But eh, I mean that's kind of just destiny. We're always gonna have something I think that's just way off the beaten path in terms of power. Right. When Wheezy's obviously being very very cheeky here, he says I can do it without con with uh, without guillotine or oppressive darkness. He, he says anarchy and mountaintop exist. Right. Like again, That's what you're, I did. Yeah. yeah, you're going <laughs> you're going to an absurd DPS build to bypass yeah. all the champion stuff. Now, somebody wants me to qualify. What's so bad about contact? Is it just that it's the champions? I I've tried to explain this before. I think there's a significant difference between 
Menagerie, Vex Offensive, and uh, Sundial. I think those are linear content loops where you go from point A to B to C to D and there's a conclusion. And that loop, I think, is more enjoyable because there is more variety and more movement. The reason I think Tower Event and Contact Event suck is because they're static. You are in a 50-yard circle and you're killing, banking, killing, banking, killing, banking. As he... as as Brolo said, I don't know if he's quoting me or not, but I've always said it's a meat grinder. It's just the, it's just the same thing yeah. over and over and over again. And you're constantly getting barraged and shot. There's enemies everywhere. And so there is no... There's no... I, I've made this comparison before. So the reason that Call of Duty campaigns started to get boring is because the volume knob is always all the way up to 11. You're constantly getting shot. You're constantly in a firefight. There's the, it, once once thing something at that intensity level for so long, it ceases to be intense. And I contrasted that with my experience in the Rainbow Six um, terrorist prevention mission or whatever it was. It was like PVE, where like you had to go in quietly and then plant the bomb, and then it would like have this crescendo of all these NPCs trying to attack you. So there was dynamics to the combat. There was highs and lows, intense moments, quiet moments, scary moments, you know, tense, sneaky moments, and then a crazy firefight. And my problem with the contact public event and the tower event is once it gets started it's always at level 11 it's just a constant barrage of enemies there is no break there is no lull there's nothing and when you go into menagerie or vex offensive or sundial there's those highs and lows it's more like a bar graph going up and down so there's something about that experience that i think is it has a more fresh and more repeatable feeling as opposed to a 50-yard circle that we kill, bank, kill, bank, kill, here comes the boss, kill boss. Now, I know the bosses have different mechanics and stuff, but by and large, there's just not enough dynamics and variety. That's why I call it a meat grinder. It's There was a, there was a Star Wars game. The Star Wars Battlefront game felt that way. It was run 60 yards, get a couple kills, die. Run 60 yards, get a couple kills, die. It was just, it was a meat grinder. I remember somebody describing that as a meat grinder, and I'm like, that is such a good description of, of, of stuff like this, where there doesn't, there's not a high and a low. Because there's a big difference between repost in Menagerie and, you know, the one where you're, you're having to collect the balls and slam them, corruption or whatever the frick it's called. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. environments are different. The fights are different. The enemies are different. You know, there was a there was a Hammer of Dawn event in Sundial, and then you're in another event where people are running back and forth relaying balls, and then there was another event with the Cabal trying to attack you while you're on a plate, right? There was... I don't know. There's, there's a movement. There's something that I'm doing instead of run around in a, in a 50-yard circle. I, if I'm overstating it, it obviously I think the inclusion of champions is also kind of problematic because when you get matched with people Sundial could be frustrating for that reason if you guys remember you know like you, you get in a match made group and nobody's using champion mods and that unstoppable oh, guy yeah. comes out and it's really irritating you're like I'm running anti-barrier could somebody please freaking run unstoppable and now it's like oh just bypass it with the guillotine and I'm like well that's not an answer yep. to the problem you know what do you uh, you're, what do you think no I, I completely agree I mean something that was running through my mind that whole time and I was kind of hoping you'd say it was, well, another question we could ask people is, would you really be saying it's not so bad if you couldn't dupe the ball? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> because I don't know about, you know, you, but when I'm, when I'm doing the event, I mean, I'll, I say I enjoy it. I enjoy it occasionally, but I also don't really play it that much anymore because I don't, I don't need to. Um, 
but you know when i'm sitting there with the ball i'm watching that percentage waiting him to go get those taken off my bank you know because i'm like <laughs> when am i gonna get there when am i gonna get to the point where i can just stop and then kill the boss and be done right because it's just you know it is you're right as soon as the event starts it's you go from zero to 11 straight away mm -hmm. and it's it doesn't stop and then you have to kill the taken and then honestly like okay the bosses have different mechanics but the one boss where you have to kill the stupid taken captains or whatever no get that out of here yeah i don't want that you know like it's it's an attempt to make it more engaging but it's really just more annoying and the loot is it's not unique it's just normal public event loot well and i also think i wonder if if the tower event didn't exist if we would be so nice to contact public event i wonder too if it's like we kind of we came out of a desert of frustration and this is like a teeny oasis and we're like oh this is so amazing this is a paradise and i'm like no this event sucks too you just don't see it you're you're being you're being fooled by the mirage of the desert heat like you know the tower event was so bad and the tower event got worse they made the tower event worse yeah. <laughs> so yeah. by the end of that season this feels like a dream We're like oh it's easy yeah just bang some oats kill some stuff run guillotine or anarchy and you're killing everything it's not a problem um i i worry that we're not being critical enough we're not actually analyzing the event and saying is this really a good three month content loop and it's i just don't think it is it, it's, it's not, not it is not enough we went from how many forges in black armory and even reckoning had more dynamics than this and reckoning sucked and then and then menagerie and then vex offensive and then sundial and then now we've had two seasons in a, in a row of a public meat grinder i'm like uh-uh no this ain't good enough this is not good enough for a three month long content loop i think the other reason people hated the tower so much is because there was no way to cheese it you just had to do it <laughs> You, yeah. just, you just had to sit there and throw the stupid balls yeah. like you know it's like you said we rely or you know a lot of people rely on just having the overpowered like quote-unquote overpowered weapon or being able to cheese it somehow and then because we have that we go oh well it's not so bad you know but as soon as there's like we can't do it we can then see how bad the event really is Right. Well, and Wheezy's saying, this is where I disagree. Variety doesn't mean that it's good. If the loop is enjoyable, it's enjoyable. Right, but I try to put meat on the bones. Like, I try to say, why did I like Menagerie and Sundial more? Now, you may disagree with me. I'm simply trying to argue my position and try to make, I try to make the most sense of my position instead of being like, I like Menagerie more. Why? I don't know. I just did. I'm trying to put meat on it and say, no, this is why I think Menagerie and Sundial were superior and more enjoyable. This is why... I think that content gets more capital more capital, and has more room for being updated later in the season since we're hoping that they do that. A hard mode, an update to the loot pool, something like that. I think that content works better for that. I, I think folks think that I'm acting like the content public event is terrible. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm saying I don't think it's very good for a season-long loop. I think if you zoom out and you think, like, if, if you're going to say this is good and Bungie greenlights this as one of the common three-month content loops, I think you're going to regret not being more critical of contact because, I, again, we were, we were coming off such a bad event we're being maybe too charitable. I don't, because people are like, well, I don't want Menagerie 2.0 every season. Okay, do you want Contact Public Event 2.0 every season? Because this is actually more hollow and more 
more basic and narrow than Sundial or Menagerie. Sundial and Menagerie were far more involved than what we're doing right now. You're literally killing ads and banking moats. That's all you're doing. It's a glorified public event. <laughs> you gotta bank those moats. Yeah. I <laughs> Menagerie was uh I think Menagerie was also slightly spoiled by the fact that if you wanted the collections badge, you had to run it until you got that ship or you got that sword or whatever. Mm. And I think like part of the reason it gets spoiled for some people is the fact that, you know, like personally I went through and I just sat there and did every single triumph in there and got every single item. And that burned me out of it so much to the point where I was like, I'm not ever looking at this again. I don't want to touch it. I hate it. But I would still say it's better than the contact event. Because there is that variety and okay, there's like player frustration with people not knowing every time, but you know, there's at least a bit of a mix up. At least there's like, you know, you don't, you don't know the exact order every time. And once you get into the rhythm of it, it is really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, that was a side tangent. I knew I would stir some people up because people do like the public event. I think people are making good points that it's just fun. It's quick. It's action. It's in the public space. I think you're making good points. I just, I really want to see more, more depth and more breadth for a seasonal content loop. That's what I, that's what I'm really, uh, really driving at. I'm not necessarily saying it's awful and terrible and bad. I think this would be a great way for them to say, Hey, contact was good. We can use that as a really good you know, structure and scaffolding for updating public events in general, making them a little bit more involved and a little bit better. But I don't think this is a good scaffolding and copy pasta to use for a season long grind. I think we need a li- I think we need a little bit more. I think we need sundial with a difficulty spectrum. And I think that's perfect. Like sundial by the time in showed up the final boss. And there was like the, there was like the, the, the sections to his fight. Okay. I believe that setup with a difficulty spectrum and a loot hierarchy is 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 the way to go. I think you get more longevity out of that than like a three month long you know public event. Um, yeah. Did you feel like your time isn't being wasted? So sushi is saying you know events like that at MMOs are worth it because the rewards are worth it. I mean maybe that's part of the problem. Is again kind of tied to today's topic. If I was getting drops from the event and there was that excitement of oh let me check the role i might feel different i mean that's actually a good point maybe it's part of the fact that like the reward is not tethered to the event i can get umbrals anywhere so it's like it but if i was getting a bunch of drops the whole time and checking them and checking the roles i think i would i would have my brain more tethered to this is worth my time i'm getting stuff that that is worth uh worthy of my pursuit the the only thing unique as a drop from the event are the weapons that we get off the season pass but by the time you do that you can just farm them from the umbrals i mean that's what i said there's like it's just at the end of the day it's just standard public event reward pool which is just some blues and a little bit of currency and maybe i think it's like five of the um you know whatever the recaster currency is right now the i just think the the power of loot is never I just think it can't be understated like if they would have had the Imago loop dropping from the Undying Mind 
we would be constantly referring to that as the yep. the perfect way to capstone this type of content and our brain would have that dopamine hit that tethered like oh that was worth my time this is just like what'd you get from the event i i don't know a bunch of crap a, bu- a blue and an umbral to take to the tower well that umbral's getting added to a pile of umbrals it's you don't have any attachment to it so i think we're hitting it one of the main things that I that, that today was really about is put loot in the world, have loot dropping from what we're doing, and maybe these types of events would start to feel better, um, as opposed to how it feels now. I mean, Teddy's saying it should just drop the loot, not the umbrals. That's another thing. If you reverse the umbrals, yeah. that's a great way to use the umbral recaster. What if I would go and configure the umbral, the recaster, and then I I was re, I was I was uh, you know configuring it for the seasonal content so now that it's configured I go and run contact and it's dropping those items in contact again you're reversing the umbral so I'm not doing stuff in the tower I think that'd be a great way to make the event and the umbrals you know come together in a happy marriage so that I feel a sense of like yeah dude I'm gonna try and get a god roll like look at how quickly I got the SMG and the sniper put that out in the world as a drop and it would have taken a little bit longer and it'd been probably more exciting yeah, I mean, they're clearly open to adding more boons. I mean, they added like a weird token to get the armor roll specific drops. So, you know, adding something where you can just decrypt while you're doing it, it'd be much better than, for example, like me, where I have two characters where both the postmaster and my inventory are constantly full of engrams. And I always have to keep going back to the tower, decrypting, go back to the event or go back to whatever I'm doing, run it for like another however long and then go back to, you know, it, Yeah. I, I'm getting like, I was all for like being able to pick the loot, but now we've, they've gone a little too far with it. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy says, frick your sniper. I have it up on stream. If you want to come take a look at it, Teddy, if you're, you might be audio only in discord, but I have it on stream if you want to see it since you'll never. Since you can't get one, you know, you can look at mine. Uh, I'm going to go to the next question. <laughs> I'm going to go to the next question because that was good. That was a really that was a good sidebar about the contact public event. Um, Raris says, I think Bungie could do an amazing thing by re-adding some systems from D1, uh, which now they can do. In my opinion, the proper strike-specific loot like Shield Brothers, Titan Arms, and the reward screen back to playlist. Uh, also, enough with Ingrams. Yeah, the spirit of your feedback is right in line with a lot of what I was saying. I I don't necessarily know if I want to go back down the road of I got to get Warden of Nothing to get the to get the 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 Warden's Law. I think a better way of treating the playlist is that the rewards can drop from any boss and I'm incentivized to stay in the playlist cuz I get a drop percentage buff the longer I'm in there or something. I I would be concerned if you start adding strike-specific loot, then you only want that one strike. But then, if I can just go pick it on the director, why you're not reinvigorating the strike playlist? You're making you're, you're slicing off and hemorrhage. It's going to hemorrhage players. Nobody's going to go into the strike-specific playlist because I can just go to the director and just pick the strike and grind it till I get the roll that I want. Now, the way they did it in D one with spider, I'm sorry, with skeleton keys. I don't think we want to necessarily go back down that road either because that just separates the grind and makes it really, really mechanical. I'm only running strikes for skeleton keys. That's literally it. That's part of the problem right now 
is that you only run you know nightfalls or certain certain content just for currency you're not running the content for loot you're running it for a currency you're separating the reward from the activity in a way that i don't think is good and then it's purely mechanical run the strike pop the chest run the spike strike pop the chest like oh i have this currency so yes i'm not token slamming but i'm still grinding for a currency and just opening a chest grinding for a currency opening a chest like skeleton key is good but it's not great i just there is something to me that is more addicting about drops it drops you check the roll you see it drop you get excited you run over to it and i i i worry that if we go back to skeleton keys yeah you're moving the where the where the loot comes from but the mechanism of getting it it isn't that much different oh, i'm gonna spend two hours getting skeleton keys and then an hour running the strike and just popping the chest that again is very transactional you're disconnecting the loot from the activity i just want to run the activity and loot's dropping and i'm checking it i think that is a healthier way to do loot pursuit what do you think yeah i think um i don't know i have a lot of mixed thoughts on all that because you know i I, like i mentioned in the discord i didn't play d1 oh i know one of those players okay um but i did read into like the skeleton keys and things and i i think the skeleton keys could work but not as a substitute for other loot i think if you maybe if you had like not necessarily reskin loot but you know just a little bit more variety of loot in the strikes and then have a skeleton key maybe from world drops like with world events um or again you know like i think it was previously a guaranteed drop from the like a weekly nightfall it could it could work but i think really and they did touch on in the twab that they're going to be working on strike specific loot in beyond light and I think that that for me is good. I don't think, I think my main issue and probably the only issue I have with having a rolling reward where, you know, you just keep doing it until it drops is that, okay, well, if you have a strike specific, a strike specific weapon, it has to be kind of like, how, like, what is it going to be? Cause it can't, you can't get a strike specific gun dropping at like some random boss because it doesn't really tie in very well or you know, look kind of great. And then once you do that, you're like, okay, I guess I'm done for the for the week with that, unless you have like a farming thing. And the other thing is, it, they the guns have to have either syner- a synergistic role, or they have to have unique perks. Because why otherwise? Why would you bother rolling for that? You know, why would you bother trying to get it just because of maybe how it looks? Yeah. Well, and somebody in chat commenting on the D1 systems. You know, creatures saying in the Discord chat, not in the YouTube chat. Um, for those of you that were like, why is he laughing? My wife is messing with me. She's dropping off lunch. Uh, why didn't the D1 systems never garner the criticism that the D2 systems do? Were they that much better? Now, the skeleton key system got a lot of criticism. They got a lot of criticism for me. I, 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 I outlined all the time there were too many layers of RNG. It was, it was far too... Free. You might The skeleton keys weren't even guaranteed, by the way. I would run seven strikes and get a skeleton key. I would have people playing with me by the time I got one, they already had three. It was so irritating. The luck on skeleton keys yeah. was infuriating. That's and why then, I said that they, from what I understand, they cannot be a substitute for like other loot in the strikes. Like they would have to be mm-hmm. for something specific and guaranteed rather than 
you know, just you keep running, maybe you get one, maybe you don't, but you like you have to have some other reward on top of that if you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that's why I just keep coming back to the boon idea and then the the boons get more effective the higher your rank with the season because that gives you two things are happening there. A sense of investment and reward. I'm investing in this NPC. My season rank is going up and my chances for rewards are getting better and better. My my sense of reward is getting better and better. Like I'm running strikes and seeing the gun more often. And then you get that sense of I've almost got it. You know what that feels like when you're really, really seeing the gun drop a lot or you're getting those chances. You're like, I'm, I'm I, one more, one more. I've almost got it. I've almost got it. There's something that hooks you. And obviously, yes, if, if you, once you got the God roll, you would move away from strikes, but that's why you would have this update seasonally. The seasonal rank would reset. There'd be a new gun for that season. Again, just one. That's fine. It's just strikes. You know, we we would want to see a lot of the new loot going into other places, the new seasonal content or a raid or a dungeon, you know, I think, and the, and whatever the umbral whirlpool updates getting, I think one gun a season for strikes and one gun a season for crucible. I'm not talking about the pursuit weapon either. I mean, like literally a Vanguard weapon, a crucible weapon. I, I think that is such a reasonable request. I, I, I'm not asking, look at what, look how many vendor updates we got in the one. And I'm not saying the vendor updates were incredible. They added a lot of junk. It was just crap that you would never use, but I don't know. I, I really do. I think that, that that would bring back the spirit of a vendor and, and the intentionality that we want to see. Um, I can't wait for Lona to visit the tower after every drop of the gear <clears throat> to change the boon. No, 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 no. No, you're misunderstanding. You would buy the boon and pop it, and for the next four hours, that specific gun would have a high drop rate chance in strike so when it pops out of the boss it's that thing so you would just go on a grind it's like when you would do a warden's law grind you just keep running warden's law well i would just stay in the strike playlist and you know midway through the season i hit rank 25 or 50 or whatever on zavala now the boons are cheaper they're more effective i get a bump quicker you know in the playlist if i get the drop i'd have to revisit the tower to change the boon no no because it's literally the only it would be it would be one gun It'd be one gun, you know, per vendor. I'm, 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 I don't think you need to put a ton of loot in strikes. You do a gun per season. Now, if you get a couple seasons into the year and there's a couple boons to drop, to, to buy, maybe there's two or three. Because you have the boon from Beyond Light and then they add another boon in the winter season. You're like, oh, I'd have to go back to the tower to change the boon. But are you kidding me? Like, so... You think you're going to, what, get a god roll in 20 minutes and then be like, oh, got to go back to the tower. Like, that's so unlikely. Most people would have, it would take them a while to get the god roll that they want, which would mean, yes, eventually you'd have the god roll and switch the boon to something else. And I think that's totally fine. If after a week or two you get the shotgun that you want and now you want to set your sights on the hand cannon from last season and you buy the boon... And then you go and grind strikes. Look at how long it takes to get the roll you want, Darksider. I mean, kind of, you got to be reasonable here. The odds of getting the god roll that fast that then you're inconvenienced going back to the tower. It just, it, that wouldn't even be an inconvenience. They'd be like, oh man, pff, luck of the draw. I got to go back to the tower. I got I to gotta god roll right off the rip. Most people would not have that experience. So the math, the math it's, it, it just stands in your way of that happening. The only thing, like the only caveat that I really have about your suggestion is that do I really want to like sit through strikes with the strikes that we currently have 
like the corrupted or scarlet keep and run through something that long over and over i mean if unless there's like a reasonable percentage increase chance to get a gun that may might be good like they would have to make the gun very good if they're not going to do like one weapon per strike and i mean hmm. It, this, the multiple strike weapons could be a problem for for their bandwidth <laughs> buzzword right but the thing is they are going to be rotating out the strikes with the dcv so it could or could not be a problem i don't know i just feel like having a chance to get you know forget the skeleton key thing i think having a chance to get a unique weapon per like for every strike that you're doing if there's only like five of them just feels more rewarding than sitting and running through potentially really long strikes just to get like a chance at one gun and then saying oh it's not the role i want let's go back um because yeah. you know as long as they make all the guns unique and interesting then it could give people more reason to play through the strikes like more rather than just you know like for me i either revert to crucible to pass the time because there's nothing else to do or i just play another game i'm trying to add an appropriate amount of loot to strikes like because Darksiders, like, it wouldn't take that long because the perk combinations, there's only, like, 20 combinations. Homie, I mean, I, it took me 53 Imago loop. Well, no, 53 Skeleton Keys to get the Imago loop I wanted. That was probably 20 right. or 30 Imago loops to land on the one that I want. I mean, the average person, because you got to think of who primarily is going to really play Strikes. You're going to grind it, and yeah, you'll probably get your God roll in a week or so. That's fine. Do you know how long it will take you to do that? It, you know, 20 or 30 drops, that's a lot of strikes. That's a lot of hours. And, you know, and obviously later in the season, if the drop rate's better, your pers- your chances and your time, you know, is, is more expeditious. But this has to trickle down to the rest of the community in a healthy way. So halfway yeah. through the season, they finally get the God roll, or maybe not the God roll, just the roll that they were looking for. Strikes and this grind that I'm trying to create... I don't have you in mind, by the way. With love in my heart, I kind of don't care about you if you're a hardcore player. I'm not trying to build Strike Grind for you. Strike Grind is, it'd be great, again, one weapon a season to try to get that god roll. For If you're a hardcore player, I want, I want something way better for you. I want difficulty spectrum in the raid. I want loot hierarchy in the raid. I want good loot in Grandmaster Nightfalls. I want Grandmaster Nightfalls to be retooled, to not be such a blunt instrument. Like, strikes really aren't the focus for you also i don't want the seasonal the seasonal um content loop and the seasonal loot pool i don't want it to be robbed of a bunch of stuff to feed strikes i think a gun per season is enough for a ton of people that are on the more casual side of things to be like oh strikes matter now you know that's that's a great playlist grind for them and also for you you know you play max two to two and a half hours a day Okay, but two and a half hours, let's just round it down to two. Two hours a day, let's say you take one day off a week, that's 12 hours a week. That's that's actually a lot of hours. If you log in every day for multiple hours, that's a decent chunk. I'm not saying you're hardcore, I'm just saying, sure, if, if you're running strikes really efficiently two hours a night... Yeah, you'd probably get your god roll in a week or two just because the odds are in your favor eventually. I mean, if you're that committed. But again, that's not the primary grind I'm trying to create for you. I would rather there be a really good seasonal content loop and a, and a dungeon or a raid or, or make Grandmasters again more rewarding and more interesting. That I think I have more in mind for people that 
you you say you only play for two to two and a half hours, but your friends were running a liar's handshake build for lulls in Grandmaster Nightfall. Your hours are not really the question here. It's the, it's the level of play that you typically are attracted to. You know, you're you would be hardcore in your landing, not necessarily in your time commitment. Like if you're going into Grandmaster and goofing off with different builds for lulls, don't don't act like you're not a hardcore player. That's absurd. You're in an upper echelon of play if you're doing that. And so a strike grind is not, I think that's part of the problem is sometimes we forget that there's tiers of content. We don't need strikes to be like a hardcore grind. That, that, that's not what they're there for. I just want to put something in there and do it in a way where we bring back that feeling of there's loot dropping out in the world in strikes. There's loot dropping at the end of a crucible match. That's what I'm trying to recapture. I feel we've lost that. And I think strikes and crucible are a great place to start. I would apply this same principle to the seasonal content and the raid. I want stuff dropping out there in, well, obviously they drop in the raid, but I don't want, I don't, I don't want raid drops coming from a chest anymore. I want it to pop out of the boss, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, the only, the only reason I, I want multiple weapons is because I was thinking back to, again, there are 19 guns in the Vanguard drop pool. I mean, do we, like, really need to have 19 weapons in the Vanguard? Just take, like, 10 of them out and just make 5 for the strikes. But, I mean, if it's... Because we don't know how often they're going to be rotating out DCV content because, we, I mean, we know next season we're getting back Fallen Saber and Will of Crota. Not next season, sorry, next year. I think uh, Fallen Saber is... Year is season 13? What are we on right now? We're on season 11? 12? I don't. They have. I don't know if they've even outlined when they land. Just that they will land in year four. No, no. They they said that fall. They they told us when uh, fallen and Willa Crota are landing. Oh, they did. Um, I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, and the Twab. So those are coming out. Like I think one season after the other. And I'm, like my question is, okay, well, what are they going to do with like I read up there was what the Baron's ambition and the grasp of Malik if they're not going to be you know. What are they going to do with those? And if, if they are going to be rotating out strikes seasonally, then okay, yeah, I can see um, one weapon for the season being a good solution to this. If it's going to be yearly, though, I'd prefer to have more. Right. Oh, no, definitely. If it's annual, they need to do way more if it's annual. If yeah. it's not, yeah, if it's seasonal, and this is, I think is why I, I, I keep it pretty low. It, I, I, to try to tell me you can't add one Crucible gun and one Vanguard gun a season, I, man, oh man. Yeah. I know people are like, well, they said thus and so about bandwidth this season. I think I think year three got, got its legs chopped off. I think, they, I think they took a lot of bandwidth away from year three. I really do. Um, and so if it, it, and just to get guys give you a visual, <clears throat> if I inspect the, the engram here for Vanguard, this is not even all the weapons that are in here. Two, four, six, eight. They only show you 10, right? And you said there's how many in the Vanguard loot pool? Well, I had to, um, if you actually back out and then revisit him, it's kind of random, but it shows you like the different drops. Um, yeah, there's 19, 19, there's 19, uh, <laughs> 19 drops and those are the 19 unique drops there's six in crucible and two in the clan so there's t- 27 out of the 30 world drops are in the tower yeah and i just that that seems really counter counter you know product counterintuitive to say 
it's a world drop and but it's it's in the tower you know it's <laughs> you know like so, why is he dropping night watch and gnawing hunger <laughs> you know like it doesn't yeah. make any sense yeah yeah it is it's odd i it if 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 they want to continue to have like ingrams and tokens or whatever, that's fine. But I think tokens could be again funneled toward a boon, and the boon funnels you towards the game. Like that's the point I've been trying to make is get yeah. me out of the tower. Like I buy this thing and I'm like, sweet. Now I'm off to the races. I'm gonna go play Crucible. I'm gonna go run strikes. Like get me out in the world, you know, instead of the boomerang to the tower to pop umbrals or token slam. Like we've got to got to go back to that that excitement on the drops and this is kind of a little out there but i know that they said they're oh we're gonna not do as much like eververse focus for some some stuff you know it'd be cool to make use of the token turn in not necessarily for drops but maybe just like you know some ornaments or something like use the level that we have because it's like every season you know you have like nine thousand tokens let me level up the vanguard and get like a I don't know, a cosmetic for a gun or something that costs like 3,000 reputation points or whatever, you know, like just do something with it. Because right yeah. now it's like you have level, but the, like the level is still there, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it only did something the one time for Zavala's ship, like level 50 yes. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, we're going to have to try to move it a quicker clip. I just looked at the time. We're, we're, we're only yeah. three questions in and we're at 53 minutes. So we... <laughs> It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's yeah. fault. I got us off yeah. on the contact public event tangent. So I'm going to go to the next question from Darksider. I don't think we need more world drops because more world drops would mean more time spent in inventory and dim to delete all the blues and lose actual good loot from the limited postmaster. Well, this really isn't grappling with what I was suggesting. I'm not saying just put freaking engrams everywhere on the ground. I'm saying we need the drops and the things that we're pursuing to be out in the world now i think what you're saying is probably a decent point though you probably don't need blues dropping anymore if you go toward this system like what am i doing with blues anyway if you go to slot leveling and everything drops at your level then i don't need blues anymore just everything can kind of be a legendary i kind of feel like once we get to a certain stage i don't know i feel like blues don't really serve a purpose but i think to your point I'm not asking for the ground to be covered in engrams because yes, unless you start auto dismantling, that's a that's a nightmare. I, there was a game, it was called Dying Light, and everybody everybody loves that game. They they did really really good, good DLC. Um, they really treated their game and their community very very well. But I remember getting really irritated about we would kill a bunch, you know, we would go into an area and kill you know a ton of zombies. Me and my buds just wreck them. And then I went around and had to basically tie my shoes for, you know, however many bodies there were. Go up, like, pick something up. Go up, pick something up. Go up, pick something up. It's like, so now after this really intense fight, I'm going around and doing what amounts of tying my shoes for five minutes. Like, I got to go through the piles of bodies and pick up all the little meat packs and all the little things. So you have to create some level of automation here. If you're going to increase drops and there's blues and purples everywhere, you got to let us have blues auto dismantle. You got to have purples actually be more meaningful. Um, You've some of those things, I think in practice, like when I'm playing horizon zero dawn, I love going and being like, give me those sticks and give me those berries. Like I love grabbing all the things. And, but the difference is I only kill a couple of enemies and do that. I think there's a threshold where it becomes tedious and it becomes immersion breaking like it did for me in Dying Light 
if it's if it's in a happy medium it's triggering that sense of reward ooh pick it up ooh pick it up but if it's like I gotta pick up 10 of these and delete 7 of them then it becomes too tedious and cumbersome and now you're, the, the immersion's broken and the reward doesn't feel like a reward it feels like a, 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 a homework assignment you know so what what do you think about what he's saying about you know we don't want to have too many things on the ground it becomes a nightmare of like inventory management hmm I have I have one specific bullet point that says no more blues hard no, um, <laughs> we just we just don't need them. Mm-hmm. I think nobody nobody uses them at all. They're just fodder and they're inventory, you know, clutter like you said. And I think yeah, I think we need to have either a boon or some other kind of thing to auto decrypt legendaries or, you know, drops or just get rid of legendary engram drops and just have them you know automatically break like break down and open up. I think the other thing too that they could do to kind of make the world the loot pool a little more refined uh is i have okay maybe not like not this specific weapon this is just an example you know this would be something for your future weapon they introduce but you could do things like make uh weapons and maybe even uh weapons with like certain weapons with certain perks or roles planet specific or enemy type specific like you could have the battle scar which is a year one pulse rifle in the edz drop from fallen which could roll with like killing wind or osmosis or something so that in the open world are more you know unique and you have a reason to be using the open world right and going to specific planets and killing specific enemies um and it makes just like you know when you're out there just popping off that you know, that fallen that's over there, you just see you how know, you pop out your scout and just shoot him in the face. Like maybe you get a weapon from that and it's something cool or it's something that's unique to the planet. Yeah. Um, not necessarily saying we need to add more weapons. You know, I think we should like make the loot pool a bit smaller, but make it more specific and, you know, stick stuff in specific places so that it makes it more interesting to be there. Like you're not going to get the same 20 blues in every activity. Yeah. Yeah, one people are saying, well, if you get rid of blues, there's no more hierarchy. I'm like, well, if purple becomes kind of the low rung, then you have purple adept, you know, because you got trials. And then I guess we could consider raid loot and dungeons would be where you could put, potentially put like your PVE purple adept and then you have exotics. So you have purple, purple adept, exotics, because right now you have blue, purple, exotic. It would still be the same structure. It's just blues are kind of meaningless. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, my argument to that is, is there even really a hierarchy with color anyway? I mean, no. when I look at guns, I'm not going, oh, that's a that's a purple. I'm going, no, what's my hierarchy? I don't know what level is it. Like, well, and blue and blue is just fo- blue is just fodder. No one's like, oh, is right. that a like, good blue? It's like, no, nah, right. it's trash. Get it out of here. Or it's infusion fodder I'm, when you're leveling. I'm not going, oh, I need to get this blue, then get this purple and then go up from there. I'm like, no, delete all the blues. Pretend that I never even got them. Mm-hmm. And then what's the highest level? I mean, I don't, I don't really understand like the argument for the, the hierarchy because I'm like in the, the day people only really care about the power level of the weapon, not yeah. necessarily how rare it is. I mean, the color is more for just how likely you are to get it. Yeah, PvP, PvP players get excited over high stat distribution blues. That's the only time. Yeah, I mean, we obviously would would concede that's pretty anomalous. So, all right, we got to move on. Uh, Necro says, building off Rawr's question, we could expand upon strike specific loot. Why not have intrinsic perks and god roll stat pulls? In D one, they felt cosmetic. They just felt cosmetic. So this time, let's make them useful. 
I was going to touch on this. This is well-timed because, you know, when, when Brolo was saying, you know, put specific loot in specific locations, I do think you got to be careful because you can get really narrow, like, oh, this gun only drops on the EDZ and this gun only drops over here. You know, number one would be, why am I caring about it? Why am I chasing it? Like, how good are you going to make random world drops? Like, are they going to be get the job done or they're going to be really, as you're saying here, Necro, are they going to be god roll, you know, stat pulls? Um, and then intrinsic perks. I think intrinsic perks have their place. I think intrinsic perks have their place in trials and raids. Outside of that, I think you can get way too narrow here where, oh man, this gun's got an intrinsic perk and it's really helpful. Where? Uh, against the fallen. Like, that gets too narrow, I think. I, I think the idea is good, but I think it ends up starting to feel like we don't necessarily at the time it doesn't feel like we have the loot depth to support that and we don't have a loadout system so I could picture a game where I have a loadout for fallen strikes I have a loadout for nightfalls I have a loadout for 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 uh, raids and I push the button and it switches all my stuff my guns that have intrinsic perks for these enemies or this activity presently I think that becomes too cumbersome because right now you have the when I go into a raid it's a headache to go switch all my mods around and then I got to worry about affinity as well that's already I, I think a bit of a headache because there's no loadout system so when I look at strikes or when I look at de- destinations having specific drops or intrinsic perks I recoil I'm like I don't think that's too I don't think that's going to work I think that's too complex I think that gets too narrow and I don't necessarily know if Bungie's even interested in doing that. They're going to allocate bandwidth to make a weapon that only drops from this place or only has a perk for this place. That's why I try to go more broad with it. I'm like, no, put a weapon in the Vanguard with a boon, and then I go run strikes, and that weapon can drop from any of the strikes. That's attaching it to the playlist, not the strike or the activity, if that makes sense. I love the idea of being like, this gun's really good in strikes or, you know, this gun's really good here. It's got an intrinsic. I really do like that. You know, Oracle Disruptor in Vogue was pretty dope, but I worry that it gets super narrow and sliced up and they're, 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 I don't think they're going to make a game like that. That, that, that. Without a loadout system, that becomes a giant cumbersome headache. It already is pretty cumbersome and a headache to swap mods for different activities. That's kind of already a thing. So I, what, do, what do you think about this question? I, I agree with you. I think let's avoid intrinsic perks in strikes and in open world stuff. I mean, my idea was more about just getting people to go and be more in the world rather than just sitting in the tower or something. So like, okay, maybe you don't do a specific weapon, but you could say, oh, if you want these perks, go and kill enemies on this planet and you can get something from there. And that, you know, that way it's not like super specific, but it gives more people reason to go and kill this or spend time in the world there and then maybe there's an event that pops up while people are out there trying to farm for stuff and they get that or you know but yeah i think we should avoid like intrinsic perks and things that are that like narrow and aimed at a specific activity yeah yeah exactly all right gonna go to the next question kane aaron says world drops should be designed to run parallel to powerful drops when a new DLC or season launches helping casuals get into end game content and not feel left out 
because you're constantly progressing. Would a system like this work instead of a soft cap then a hard cap for powerfuls? Yeah, we kind of already touched on this, so I don't want to spend too much time on this because we are we already kind of we're we're a little long for only being yeah. halfway through Q and A. We already touched on interweaving this with leveling, and we've also already touched on why leveling needs streamlined. Um, so I would say. If, uh, if you've already listened to the earlier part of this Q&A, you kind of already have your answer and what I think about leveling, how it should be automatic and powerfuls could be more rhythmic. Um, I would also like to see the game change once you're at max level. Um, <laughs> maybe those bo- maybe <laughs> yeah. those boons don't... Uh, they're not even purchasable maybe till you're max level. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, if leveling is more automatic and more rhythmic and just kind of happening, um, oh wow, it just refreshed on its own, I didn't know, if you stay, if you're sitting here inspecting this engram, the little list of weapons just oh. all on its own change, that's kind of cool, I didn't know it did that, um, that's, that's what started that rumor about the timer and like, that's what could drop out of that engram, uh, <laughs> that's been debunked, but, yeah, the, 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 the the game should change when you hit max level congrats on hitting max level all your milestones are now daily targeted farms or all your milestones are now uh, boon tokens so you get a token for a boon every so many strikes or something do you see what I'm saying Yeah, I, I, oh man, I don't want to spend too much time here but what do you think about that like how the game should change once you hit max level yeah I mean I, I would just be careful with, with maybe making everything kind of like activate at max level just because you see a lot of people either entering the new season not there or you know rushing in the last two weeks to try to maybe get that last level up um but i think overall that's you know it's not, not a bad idea and yep. i'm trying to be conscious of time yeah 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 uh <laughs> nagi with the next question we always wanted more or bigger loot explosions in the game problem is destiny doesn't have as much loot like borderlands what could drop in the loot explosion and how much without getting too much or mostly useless stuff like blues this is this is a great question to kind of dovetail with what darksider touched on you know oh my gosh i gotta pick up seven blues and delete them you know yay loot explosion but who the frick cares if it's like a if it's a homework assignment right so i think you could have bigger currency explosions that's always exciting more purples in general is exciting um you know, if if you do that one weapon a season, there could be an ornament that's purchasable. So seeing the currency drop from you know the boss or the chest or whatever could be like, oh, it could kind of trigger that in your mind, like oh, a little bit closer to being able to buy that ornament. I I do think there's a there's just a fine line as we just talked a minute ago about like dying light and my experience with that game where there's like a there's a threshold of tedium where it's like Dude, I don't want to freaking pick all that up oh my gosh you know and and Nagi's making a good point well what currency is exciting to get after a month again fair made point like you're going to get to a point where like I don't give a frick about any of this stuff loot explosions may not necessarily be possible in destiny however we we got on this the one day when we talked about how umbrals look cool when they're on the ground my excitement about umbrals subsided very quickly why because i literally take it to the tower and then i do it there if umbrals were getting picked up and i knew i have my umbrals 
configured for grenade launcher sniper rifle every time I see an umbral I'm excited to go run over it and check the roll we talked about that with exotics right you hear that kabing and you see like the little glitter and you're like oh and you pick it up and you immediately check the roll even if it's a piece of armor that you hate you're like I gotta check the roll I gotta see what it's got so I think there's a visual element here that's not being capitalized on. Priming grams, umbrals, and exotics, they look dope out in the world, but it's basically a a, a ticket at the arcade. Got hold your ticket, turn it in later for a prize. No, put the loot in the world is, is kind of what we've been driving at today. Is there a room for loot explosion here that I'm missing, uh, Brolo? No, I think you pretty much nailed it on the head, which is that we need to focus more on, or at least Bungie needs to focus, I think, more on the visual, like audio visual element of it because, okay, there's not as much loot, but then again, Borderlands is built in a way that all the weapons are kind of wacky, so they're interesting to look at. They have like 30 different stats on them. You know, there's there's millions of guns which are auto-generated and there's like, Destiny is not like that. Destiny is, here's a normal gun with some interesting perks right that's that's what it is so if you want to get people more interested like you said when you see that prime engram drop or you see the emerald engram or exotic you're like oh you gotta see what this is just make it the crypt in the world and people will be a lot happier rather than just going oh here's another 10 engrams i gotta go to the tower and decrypt and then ending up either deleting them or never doing it yeah one And Doge is bringing up a good point. Whenever you're doing Black Armory and you had to get the Radiant Seeds and the boss would die and those they would explode everywhere. I, I think Doge is right. I, I think that was always, it always felt pretty good, especially because you're like, I need so many to complete this frame. You could kind of turn that on its head a little bit and you know that every so many of that currency drops, you could buy the boon or whatever. So every time you see that explosion of that currency, you know that it's feeding a machine of loot intentionality and loot pursuit, even though... Mm-hmm. It's not a token slam. It's a, it's, this is a, this is a currency I need. The more I have of it, the more I can buy these boons, the more I can kind of have that feeling of I'm chasing loot and it's dropping out in the world. Like it's feeding that machine. That's called, I always call that like a multi-layered grind. When I was going for exotics in the nightfall, I was also getting masterwork currency the whole dadgum time to the point that I had to start spending it on ascendant shards because they were going to the the prisons were going to the postmaster so it was a layered grind it was yes exotics are dropping sweet but I'm also getting this thing that's helping me it's an undercurrent it's like it's I'm, I'm getting this automatically um, and so that could be another way of, uh, of doing it I mean, I think a good example of very underwhelming reward feeling is: Have you ever opened a world chest? Yeah, <laughs> you, the, open you it know it's, it's just like, ping, and then it's, and there's nothing. You just see plus five, plus five, and that's it. Make it come out, make it explode, and like, okay, I know it's just some currency and whatever, but it's it feels better as a player to see that and to hear it go ping, 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 ping. Okay, it's only five currency, but, you know, the feeling of it is a lot more rewarding. Yeah, it always feels good when you're playing Diablo and you hear that you hear that loud bing and you see it sitting there on the ground, the lights coming off of it. Um, yeah, the, audio, the audio-visual factor could be more leaned into here, especially when you're chasing something. If I kill the boss and I hear that sound and out it pops and it's sparkling and it lands... I don't know. There's something about that that never 
it always works. It's 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 it a, satisfies it's satisfies the monkey brain. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It works every <laughs> single time, you know. So, yeah. all right, we we've we've made that point enough today. I'm gonna move on to the next one. Eternal Darkness says, "Do you think it would be wrong to ask for more weapons, legendary trace rifles, more elemental weapons that can debuff or slow down targets, or would that take up too much bandwidth for a bunch to create?" Well, I don't know what their bandwidth is for weapon creation, so let's just talk about the idea of legendary trace rifles. I'm on that team. I have that campaign button. Yes, I want legendary trace rifles. I want more futuristic weapons. I think fusion rifles should actually have their fire rate reversed. I think they should fire and then charge up. That would make them compete for shotguns as far as speed and efficiency in PvE. I think charge time makes fusion rifles frustrating a lot of the times. If you charge up and miss, you've just wasted ammo, and then the enemy is just kind of standing there. I think if I think if fusion rifles literally went and then it went and that charge up time was obviously different according to the type of fusion rifle I think fusion rifles would start to get play because it would it would feel essentially like a more futuristic shotgun it would shoot instantly but then it would need to charge up and it wouldn't necessarily be ridiculous in PvP if they if they you know could, Listen, stop shooting down a good idea because of PvP for frick's sake. Okay, separate the sandbox or get the frick out. Like, I want futuristic right, weapons, right. man. It's This is Destiny, and we're running around with hand cannons and shotguns, you know, five years into the franchise, six, seven years into the franchise's life, and we're running around with hand cannons and shotguns. Like, give me a reason to run futuristic weapons, linear linear fusions and fusions and, and trace rifles. Like, yes, obviously, I, I'm always going to be on this team and campaign for that. Now, as far as, like, elemental weapons that can debuff and slow down targets... You're getting that in stasis, homie. It's all, it's coming, you know, it's it, it's coming. And I would I would I don't know. I've talked about that with linear fusions as well, reversing the charge time so it's more like the Quake Railgun, where it shoots immediately and then you got to wait for the charge up. So there is that there is that cooldown charge rate, fire rate, you know, balance control, but it would shoot more, you know, shoot more immediate. If you think about the weapons. In Destiny, the only ones that have that charge time, you know, and Rockets too have that readying time where you're like, shoot, shoot, like you're pushing the button and nothing's happening. Um, I think that frustrates the player and doesn't get used. It just gets shelved. It's like I can just take a shotgun and go clung, 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 and I'm and I'm good to go. Instead of using a fusion and a captain or a minotaur, they, they teleport or roll out of the way and I miss my shot. That happens a couple of times and you just kind of shelve it. You're like, ah, forget this crap. Like, why am I even using this? Because you don't have enough ammo to miss a couple of shots. You know, you're just going to go to, you know, you're just going to go to barrel stuffing, you know? Yep. I think yeah I agree we want we need more more legendary trace rifles and by more I mean at least one right and I think I don't know if part of the reason we don't have more futuristic weapons is because of the engine limitations um I mean if you I looked at the art station for the for the dev that did the wither horde and the original idea was that when you fired it and reloaded the spines on the side would open up and, cl- and like kind of like you know evaporate put through the vapor and then close again And I think, like, we're missing stuff like that where it's like, you know, Call of Duty has more futuristic weapons than Destiny. (laughs) Right. I think that that kind of says a lot about the state of, like, it's very confusing where we are in time in the game. Uh, So, yeah, more more trace rifles and pew-pew laser guns would be nice. And even, like, sights. Give us, like, pop-out holographic cool sights or something, you know, to make it a little bit more in the future. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah i i i think site customization would be nice because it's always a bummer when you get a dope weapon and you can't stay on the site on it i think as long as it doesn't change stats i think customization on sites would be would be an easy one and um bradley with the next question says could bungie use world drops to recycle some sunset equipment imagine taking some of the underutilized raid guns Ooh, careful now from retired raids and adding them to world drops all right settle down bradley okay calm down First, first and foremost, they're already going to use the world drops and the umbrals to reissue retired weapons. They did say that. They said there's not going to be a lot of reissues. They will not be the primary, you know, loot pursuit. But as far as taking retired raid weapons and stuff and shoving them into world drops, absolutely not. No, I'm bringing down, I'm bringing down the door and the guillotine on this idea and saying absolutely not. No, if you want <laughs> to reissue yeah. raids and give raids new purpose like Leviathan and stuff, go for it. Bring it out of the DCV and give me a reason to go rerun that raid. But I absolutely wholeheartedly disagree with reissuing raid weapons in the world drops. I think that would be a gigantic mistake. It's not even about being like an elitist or someone saying raid snob. No, I'm not being a raid snob. That that's that's antithetical to, to to the loot hierarchy that we're supposed to be getting in year four, where good loot, best loot is at the upper echelons. That needs to land in Destiny. This would be this would be a uh, an undercutting of that. It would it would de it would sort of delegitimize all their all their work to get us to a place where raids do have the standout special loot because they have not had special standout loot for a really really long time uh you know is that is he t-bowing okay uh so i i don't know what you think on this subject oh uh, no i agree 100 percent. do not bring back old raid loot as like world drops or anything like that that's 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 a terrible idea you're wrong um <laughs> no i think i think what that's that the rest of it kind of touched on what i was saying which is okay yeah bring back sunset weapons and previous season stuff in like world events or you know in specific areas where they can drop so it's a little bit more interesting i mean it could have been so easy to make the gnawing hunger just specific the new ones specifically drop at the contact event they didn't but you know mm. yeah hitman with the next question i feel the game needs more items to chase than just guns perhaps unique attachments that are weapon class specific and make really cool scopes mags etc they could even make older guns better do you feel that we just need to be more excited for when we pl- hang on do you don't you feel we just need to be more excited for when we play i think what i was getting at in the talk was obviously this like i want to have that excitement when something drops we talked about that a little bit ago with the um the audiovisual aspects of getting excited about something dropping, uh, and and that not really being you know a thing right now. I also think some of what you're getting at though is dangerous. You're going to get into you know uh, you're going to get you're going to get Necro all excited because you're bringing in you know possible crafting here. You're talking about getting these items to make old weapons better. What about new weapons? Where could they make new weapons? you know better now they did talk about there's going to be um decorative items in endgame like raids are going to get i don't even know how they phrased it did they say ornaments or something i forget how they phrased it they talked about vanity items showing up in the end game and they also said legendary weapon uh ornaments would no longer be sold i that gets me hopeful that if I run this raid enough, maybe I unlock an ornament for the guns that are in there. So not only is the gun cool and stand out with respect to its perks, but I can make it look dope if I run the raid enough. So I, I, I 100% there's, think there's room for some of what you're getting at within reason. I, I think there's a difference between customization and crafting. If I don't like the sight on a weapon, 
you know, sometimes you get a you get a hand cannon and you can't stand the sight on it. Or this auto rifle is a good example. The false promises. It actually is a pretty fun auto rifle. Uh, subsistence with swash is actually really enjoyable. Subsistence with the one that heals you is also really enjoyable. But if you hate the sight on this thing, it's going to make it impo- you know, impossible for you to use because weapons are such an extension of yourself. Customization of a sight is not the same as crafting. If you just change the sight because you don't like it, I think that's fine. Okay. I think that's different than crafting, where, oh, I gotta, I, I'm gonna pick extended mag and subsistence and dish and that and blah, 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 and you just make the god roll. That, that completely runs against what Bungie has been trying to work on, which is intentionality and generosity coming together to empower players to chase loot. That's their goal. Crafting ain't it. Like, that's not gonna square with the things they've been trying to work on. From Ada's bounties to now, you can tell Bungie's goal is to empower you to chase the loot you want, and crafting doesn't square with that, I don't think. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think uh, we're on the right path with that. I think, like, the sight thing, eh, it could be fine so long as they aren't, like, massively different. You know, like with the cold denial ornament site versus not. I think the potential for ornaments and raids is really nice. I would really like it. Like, I would really like it if it was, um, you know, because with Iron Banner, you have guns that drop with the shaders or with like the uh, forge weapons, you have weapons that drop with the shaders. If they drop the ornament on the gun when you pick it up and you go, oh, I just got the whatever it is. Like, I just got the sacred provenance with the ornament on it or something, you know, like that'd be really cool. And then you unlock it and you have it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think uh, I don't think we should get too crazy with the attachment thing. I mean, like, okay, I get a bayonet on it, like it's the uh, what's it called? That strike <laughs> weapon or whatever. It is. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the name of it. Well, um, and I also think there's a danger of getting too chintzy. Like, I don't want to have right. a little little decorative items hanging off my 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 oh, weapon. That's that's the bane. Like when I whenever I, I lost respect for Call of Duty. For a lot of reasons, but also because it's like, oh yeah, let me shove this keychain on the side of it and add like some weird thing. Like, no, I don't, I don't need that. Just give me a cool sight and like, you know, nice skin and something to make it feel a bit more unique. That's, that's fun to achieve and to say you've got it, but make it a draw. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't want little like little bling keychains hanging off my gun. I don't think that's that that doesn't feel very destiny. But I mean, it, you know, and it, yeah. you said bayonet. I thought of the the literal giant you know uh, oh, yeah. crocodile dundee knife that they put on the t- on the front of the the monte carlo <laughs> it's so i was thinking absurd. of duty bound is the first one that came to mind i forgot the monte carlo even had a bayonet on it well and the ornament is absurd like if you look the monte carlo obviously <laughs> yeah. has a pretty long blade on it it's almost like a that's almost like a katana but then you put the ornament on there and it's like <laughs> that's not a knife that's a knife it's like right out of it feels right out of crocodile dundee so <laughs> yeah and the duty bound I mean, I, yeah gonna, the duty bound yeah like if you're gonna give me a duty bound you know drop a drop a finisher in the strike or the nightfall two that uses the blade on the duty bound right <laughs> like you know something like that like don't just put it on there and tease me with it no i can't use it yeah you kind of gears of war charge them you know how you could do that in the one gears you could like dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. dun, you'd like impale them they could add like a finisher like that with the duty bound yeah the yeah. duty bound bayonet is like that's like a world war ii bayonet i mean that thing is yeah. <laughs> that thing is 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 uh is nasty looking it would be cool if they include that i always kind of liked how they did that in borderlands if the gun had the bayonet on it that replaced your melee animation that was cool too yes um I and it that gave was... you like melee buffs usually as well like more yeah damage 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool to do like a knockback, like a shotgun with a blade on the front of it. You'd be like, wham, and you like hit him and then go flying back, you know? That'd be kind of cool. Or add like a bleed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. A bleed, bleed proc would be great. Mm-hmm. Next question from Kelia. I'm sure this is, will be covered. We'll get covered. Do you think that they have a bunch of new drops in the mag with the expansion release? You think that this would cause rioting if they released again, like the hunger? Oh, oh, oh like a reissue. Uh, if listen, if they had any reissues loaded in the loaded in the hopper for Beyond Light that were going to be like the hunger, uh, like the gnawing hunger, there's there they are definitely pumping the brakes and changing that. I don't I don't think there's any way they're going to green light that. I really don't. Um, we they got a lot of worthy criticism for what they did with the gnawing hunger, and it added a lot of validity to sunsetting concerns. You guys know I'm pro sunsetting, but I think it really it really validated a lot of the sunsetting concerns. It's like, yep, this is exactly what we thought Bungie was going to do. Take our weapons away and then reissue them with the exact same perks. And it's like, come on, Bungie. Did you not read Reddit? Did you not watch the videos or see what people's concerns were? What are you doing? So if they do that in Beyond Light, I- I'm going to be like, what numbskull greenlit this? Like, there's no, they have plenty of time between now and Beyond Light to make adjustments to any reissues so that's not a thing they will deserve every rant as long as it's tasteful and not mean-spirited and and like acting nasty they will deserve every single amount of criticism they get in beyond light if they do that again if they if they reissue weapons and they're identical to the ones that got sunset I, i everybody should just take them to task for it because it'll be like how tone deaf and, and and bad can you be at your job? Like, everybody made it crystal clear we don't want this. And if they do it again, it's like... It was like when they did no matchmaking for... No matchmaking failable on the uh, tower event. It's like, what the... Fr- We've been here before. What are y'all doing? Like, I, I, somebody says they're going to do it. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. They've gotten too many... Even Cosmo was on... I was read at the forums and got the feedback on this. It, it felt tone deaf. It was like, can you explain why you don't like this? It's like, why don't you explain to us why you think it's okay? Let's start there. Why don't we start there? Like, you explain to me why it's okay to do it, and then I'll give you my feedback on why it's a dumb idea. Like, how how can you even d- d- defend doing it? I I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 getting fired up here. What do you think? In, in the words of, I think it's Dennis Reynolds, I will come down with the hammer of Thor and the power of a thousand winds if they do that in, in Beyond Light. But I, I really don't think they will. I think, honestly, I know I complain about the fact that there's 19, you know, there's 27 drops in the tower. I think at this point, they're just throwing everything in because they're restructuring it completely. I think yeah. they're, they're not going to be doing that at all. And I think they're going to they're gonna have like a bunch of really solid new drops and weapons and perks that they're going to put out and not just give us reissues yeah yeah na painter from this season alone i've easily grabbed 500 plus legendary drops and i've only gotten like the long shadow four times these chances decrease the more you put into the loot pool we can also only rely on things like umbrals or we have a similar problem of bounty overload thoughts Right, I think if you watch the video and the talk, I definitely am protecting against this. I'm empowering you to chase what you want. I'm empowering you uh, to do it in a way that's not in the tower, but out in the world. And, you know, I think with sunsetting, you can't have any more mindbenders grinds because we're... 
there has to be a reasonable amount of time expected to get something but it can't be it can't be like the mind benders I don't necessarily want people having the anarchy 1k voices grind experience with the mind benders but I do think there has to be some element of you can't get what you're looking for just yet you have to keep trying um, if you make it too easy it really really starts to cheapen the grind and cheapen the reward um, I'm gonna let you weigh in on this because with respect to like it's doesn't it's not really rare you know if it's super easy to get but if it's too hard to get then people are gonna get ticked that it took them two months to get something that's gonna get sunset I would rather take the line of it's not super rare but maybe the rolls are not you know easy to get either like i know i i know this frustration because i also have picked up probably like a thousand legendary engrams and a thousand umbrals in like the last two weeks and only have gotten like two things that i want i mean okay i decrypted an umbral engram six of them to try to get like a pair of gloves i got six helmets okay do i enjoy that no <laughs> but do i think that like it should be super easy yeah. i think we need to need to like balance maybe the weapon drop rate versus like the perk roll drop rate however that works right and i think i think wheezy's encapsulating the the two extreme pits to fall in i don't want to spend hundreds of hours grinding for a mind benders or a spare rations but i also don't want to put a coin into a machine just to get one so it's like you got to find that happy medium i think boons that increase with time and investment is this is the way i really do i think it puts it out in the world it honors investments and it's not like a chintzy vending machine you know yeah i think the i think the increase over time is the way to go with the seasonal rotation if they do strike seasonal rotation yeah last question from rain the dark since we're talking about world drops how would you feel about raid drops being more eventful like in d1 there was something about getting a drop from wrath and king's fall that made it more special yeah we touched on this a little bit ago with the video and the visual and the audio you know factor uh, I definitely think raid drops should look like a prime or an exotic or an umbral. There should be a visual like bing bing bing, like it's dropping out of the boss and it's like smoking or glowing or something. Uh, that it sounds like we're asking for window dressing, but sometimes window dressing really brings the room together. And I think that that is something. If you're really gonna make raid loot feel special again, that's a really nice bow. Just put that right on top to be like oh what was that and they run over and you pick it up i mean i don't know about you but one of the things that really really just ruffles my feathers you know rustles my jimmies about crown is you don't even get to get to the chest like if you get to somebody else gets there i just get given it whatever right rewarding that doesn't feel good (laughs) terrible why would i want somebody else to give me my reward like right i fell down and died And it's just like on the screen. Right. Yeah. I want to see that explosion. I want to hear like a ring as the chest opens and like see the, even if it's a crappy right hand of Galron, I still want to feel like it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we've really touched well on that, that there is something. And then I think they've, they've got the tools there with umbrals, primes and exotics to put those visual effects on the engram and put some sound effects in there again. Cause you, I remember even in Anthem, those little chests would open. And it was like, and the little things would pop out and hit the ground and they would make sounds. And I'm telling you that there is something there that you can't, you can't really 
put a price on it or put a word to it, it's it's, it's kind of an intangible because it happens at more of a subconscious level. Uh, I, I do think that something as simple as that would would make raids and drops and raids and drops and strikes, drops and nightfalls. Um, yeah, just feel really really good, you know. I mean, that's that's the key thing that Borderlands does. I mean, because if you actually look at the loot in Borderlands, it's like, okay, we got millions of guns, but I mean, most of them are crap. They're terrible, no matter how much, you know, information they slap on the card and how many special perks. I mean, at the end of the day, all it's really about is bright colors, a lot of sounds, a lot of effects, but and you feel good when you get it, even if it's bad. Yeah, I don't remember how many pieces of trash I would sell or not even pick up, but I remember when I killed a raid boss in when I killed, you know, Terramorphus, I remember seeing right. all that pop up and then you're like combing over and all you're like, and you're like trying to navigate perfectly. You're like cuz you don't want to pick it up. You're just trying to look at it on the ground, right? And so you're like trying to position just right. Oh, I got to look at that orange. I got to see that purple. You know, I, I remember cyan little pop up. Mhm. I don't remember the loot that I got, but I remember feeling like that was pretty awesome. Like, So again, I yeah. think that there is a way to make the loot memorable in how it drops, but also make it memorable in the fact that, where'd you get that god roll? Oh, dude, it finally dropped in Thus and So Strike. I was so excited. Instead of, oh, I got it in the tower. Like, all my god rolls recently are just, I got it in the tower. Icolos SMG, Icolos Sniper. Uh, my my perfect paradox, the uh, the falling guillotine. Like if you're completely outfitted with god roll weapons that you got in the tower, I just I, that's getting the the high stat armor in prophecy dungeon is the closest thing we've gotten to that grind that just really hooked me. I was doing it like crazy, um, before everything happened, and I just it felt so good. You know, we were getting we were getting faster and faster at killing the boss, and then you start competing on DPS. You just check the loot, you know, check the stat rolls at the end, you know. And unfortunately, that's a problem with the end of the prophecy dungeon. I I get the the armor kind of automatically it just pops up. I'm like, where did that come from? Exactly. And then I go to another room, and everything's just sitting on the ground. It's like, what, what did I did I break into a storeroom here? What is this? Like, have it pop <laughs> yeah, out of the boss, yeah. man. I think if like if they really really were like said no we have to have some stuff like drop the way it does in the tower go to the root of the sundial where you run through the whole activity and then you can pick some stuff at the end like yeah something like that rather than just picking up a million engrams going to the recaster and decrypting it and saying oh there's my god rule well even sundial could have been reversed you'd go in and configure the machine beforehand and then all those drops would pop out of the boss oh you yeah. want three line in the sands and then they'd pop out of the boss like that would be dope you'd configure it beforehand because that even could have been backed up by the lore you know Osiris could explain to you yeah this machine allows you to configure you know the the guns and loot that you find out in the world you're literally configuring the reality in the simulation and so you would configure it beforehand I think that would have been dope and again it would have I mean made it more memorable we found Saint 14 shotgun just floating around in time you know just be like oh here's a bunch of weapons that were just you know lost in the time stream or whatever and yeah just reverse it and let us be able to grab it out of the boss yeah well, good Q&A, good co-host. We'll transition to VIP Collins. If you want to call in and talk live, you can do that by becoming a member. Either click join here on YouTube or you can go to the Patreon at sntrpresents.com. If you're listening in the other locations, you can always catch us live at say no to rage.com. 
And uh, always, if you're wanting to jump into the conversations, you do have to use the Discord to do that. So if you're if you're listening in the other places, there's a link uh, in the description below for you to get in there. There's also a link in chat right now. So as always, if you're liking and listening to this content on other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that happened after the talk and Q&A about we need more world drops in Destiny. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, you can always catch me live on YouTube. Go to saynotorage.com. That'll bring you to the live channel. You can click the join button if you want to become a paying member to join these calls. Pick VIP. You can also just use the Patreon if you prefer that. That is SNTRpresents.com. Uh, still being joined by my co-host uh, Hombrello, he's here with me, and we have three people calling in, so we're going to jump right into it, because Q&A was, was great, went a little bit long, so I want to jump right in here with the first caller to Doge. Doge, what do you got for us today? Uh, so when I was talking about like uh, the Vex invasion, uh, like I didn't have uh, enough uh, space to put this, but I meant it for, like, to be like a side event, like uh, something you do other than like the main content loop of like uh the season like we, like we do have world event like this season and like uh last season but like they're not substantial enough like uh like the worthy like world event is like uh protecting like the uh like the refugee frame mm-hmm. and like them and like the loot was it was some loot involved, but it was just like very boring, like compared to like Vex Invasion. And uh, in this season, we had uh, like there was like the marionettes and uh, and stuff, and like the loot was like only like two altered element, and the only reason to do to, to do them was to get Runa's effigy. Yeah, and so oh, I'm glad you're putting it that way too, because I do think there's a huge difference between. Um, the there's a big difference between like a vex vex invasion being kind of like a complimentary. It's kind of something happening in the world, and you could do it, and then it just kind of pulled from the vex offensive loophole. There's a big difference between that and the tower event from Worthy, because the tower event like literally was the content loop, and I think in our debate about the contact public event, that was the point that I was trying to drive home. Is I don't think public event stuff where I'm in a 50 yard space I just don't think that's good enough for a content loop you move more in the Vex invasion than you do for contact public event like for the Vex invasion you went all over that one space three different little areas and then the big boss you know could summon in the one spot for contact you're it's, it's literally one spot and it's like you know a big 50 yard circle so I I think if you're going to do something like the 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 vex invasion thing i like it as like a side uh, a companion activity and thing that's going on what do you think brolo yeah i mean i just go back to i would happily see public events say bye-bye and replace them all with world events um it's just it's more engaging it's more interesting there's more space you can use so long as you don't have something like um like the vex offensive on the you know on top of that I mean, like, the contact event could have easily just been... The ship comes in, there's a little spot on the ground to plant it, and then you use the whole space instead of... Defending a small little circle and... Getting a a, a normal public event drop. You know? 
Yeah, and we touched on that too. I I think one of the reasons that the the invasions were kind of nice is people realized you could get a powerful what was it two times per character or something from the final boss I can't remember exactly how it worked um, but we did we did comment on that like there is something to be said for if the reward's good it's okay if it's a bit of a small little teeny circle meat grinder I think that the contact kind of in my opinion it kind of hits me from both ends it's like well it's 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 kind of meat grindy it's like we said it's always at a level 11 it's the, it's just a, a bunch of ads in a small space constant 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 there's no dynamics there's no up and down and then the reward is kind of eh. it's like well you might get an umbral why well, can get umbrals anywhere you know oh there's a high chance right. that it's already focused i don't give a crap about that like it's not that expensive to focus them um and you could have even you can even like you know you said it's going to zero to 11 right i mean if it was a world event you could have made it so that, okay, it starts off slow, and the more you bank and the more you get in there, the faster it ramps up, the more taken spawn because you're using mm. the whole space, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, make us move around a little bit more, have it not be, you know, the almost, it feels the same the whole time. It would be, it would, it would change kind of in response to maybe what we're doing. Maybe if you, um, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be like, go over here and kill this mini-boss because you just slammed that ball, and it would be optional, but it would have you moving more and create maybe some differences and some intensity. Um, yeah. Quick weekly update, Lono, after VIP. Can you? What do you mean, Greenside? You, you want to see like the stuff in the game? I can do that while we're talking, if that's what you mean. If you're talking about something else, uh, I'm happy to go through like the Eververse and the strikes and stuff to show you what everything is this week uh, since Reset was about an hour ago. Um, do, you have any, do you have anything else, Doge? I like... I do feel like uh like the contact power event this seems like show up in like this like the side event like Vex Invasion while like the thing we do in Mean to End show up in like the main thing. Like expand upon, uh, like expand upon it more and then like make it the main thing. Yeah. Same with like the bunker from last season. Yeah, it becomes um it, it yeah it does it becomes a little bit of a it becomes a little bit of a, it's it doesn't feel like a main thing it feels like a side it feels like a side a side thing and not a main thing and I think that's why I I don't know I really end up feeling burned out super fast and I'm surprised to see so many people defending contact public event I think I think Brolo was right earlier when he said that people probably like it a little bit more because it's cheesable. Like, I think a lot of the people that are in its corner and defending it are cheesing and ball duping. Um, and I just, I wonder if the, if the, uh, the opinion was, would be different if you couldn't do that. Cause I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like a main thing. It feels more like a Vex invasion, more like an offshoot, just kind of something that's happening in the public space. And, I don't know. I'm not trying to over over bake this cake and make it sound like it's truly a terrible event. It just doesn't. It just doesn't feel good enough to be the main event. Uh, it doesn't feel main stage. You know, it feels it feels like a side stage show to me. I think only. I think one of the reasons people like uh, contact is especially gambit, but without thanks Trudeau by the invaders or blockers. Yeah, that too. You kind of get some of the, you know, somebody j- yeah. literally just said that in chat. Greenside, it's the best parts of Gambit, but no invading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's up yet for me. 
Okay, thanks for calling in, Doge. We're going to be going down here to Avenger. What do you want to talk about today, Avenger? Uh, Yes, so um, the main thing I wanted to talk about is when you were talking about bringing in more world drops, um, and you were talking about these public space, you know, talking about public space things, talking about um, contact, Seraf Towers, you know, whatever it may be. Um, to me, I feel like, and, and you're talking about these world drops being um, a thing. For me, I would want a lot more world drops in more instance events, um, something like strikes and um, things along those ends. Because for me, I, th- I think obviously there needs to be some more touch on the public space because people need to be driven there at least a little bit more than what they are now. But I don't think that at least a lot of the um, content or at least a lot of the good weapons should be coming from this public space stuff because it is still lower end um, content. You're not going in there. You, a lot of people will go in there with joke builds just to see you know, how good it is. That's you go to the public space to test the builds. So I feel like if if they are gonna add more world drops, to me at least, I think you know even if they add them, it's it, it can't be anything too powerful, and you know and even adding unique things there, I think is taking away from the bandwidth of applying that into more instance content. Yeah, we touched on this. Uh, when did we talk about this? It might have been during my Umbral Ingram review, where it was like, it's they're they're kind of stuck because if they make the world drop or the if they make the world drop loot or the umbral drop loot or the strike loot boring then what's the point if it's too boring basic or plain like what's the point if they make it too strong or too good it can feel kind of backwards like folks were wanting to be able to use the umbral you know umbral engrams for high stat rolls i'm like that doesn't even make any sense like high stat rolls you know should be dropping in dungeons and raids so it's like i it, it's a weird pl- I think you have to say open world loot drop, like umbral stuff, like just stuff that can drop kind of anywhere. It does need to kind of be in a basic lane. It can't be incredible. And I think that's, I actually think that's okay because if not, you're going to start to blur the line between world drops, strike drops, and raid drops. Like there needs to be a pretty clear difference between a gun you grinded for maybe in the strike playlist and a world drop or an umbral drop and raid drops like that's i don't know i feel like there's got to be lines there uh yeah and another thing when we were talking about um you you brought up the d1 vendor refreshes and how you know they were able to bring in a lot of loot um going into that and for me d1 vendor refreshes and you can look back and look at through all the models it is about three of the same models just either reskinned or have a little side thing put onto it. There, it, it, it wasn't that much creativity, but so many people praise it, and, and that to me just blows my mind because you know, of course, you can pump out ten vendor refreshes in a year if you're just gonna take the same three models, something like the palindrome, which was the same model as um, I think it was the free will three from New Monarchy, just with a different color scheme or Fatebringer with being the same thing as like four other hand cannons just with a little attachment on the side of it. They can do these things with a minimum effort and I feel like that can be affected in the game and I feel like if you just take something like um, you, you take a blank model that they've already used a bunch of times, just change the colors on it or change the thing on it and throw that into a loophole. It doesn't even have to be good but it's still something that's like oh well maybe I want to go get um, this firefly 
um, hand cannon out here because maybe it'll be good. I feel like they're not utilizing their things or they're wanting to make everything unique, but at the same time, you know, players want unique things, but they're making so few unique things. They're thinking quality over quantity, but they're focusing too much on the quality. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a great point about the the how people tend to overstate the vendor refreshes in Destiny 1. I only brought it up to say I'm I'm not even asking for that because I, I, I agree that ended up in a lot of just quantity, not quality. I was, you know, I was I was in sort of invoking the D1 vendor refreshes to say, man, I'm asking for a gun every season at Vanguard. That's like it. Um and I think you probably would end up with better quality given the lower quantity. It would be, it doesn't need to be a pursuit weapon or a pinnacle weapon, but something worthy of pursuit for people, you know, because they're kind of grinding those uh, those strikes. But people tend to forget. I, I didn't realize either that like a lot of those were just reskins. You know, Palindrome, it was a reskin of the Future War Cult hand cannon. I think the whale used the same model as well. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of reskin and a lot of junk. I mean, you go to, especially like you go to New Monarchy, there was like nothing at New Monarchy worth using except for maybe the one shotgun, maybe the sniper. Everything else was just bad archetype, bad bad loop, uh, bad perk pool. Um, and, you know, if, if they're, if, if they're wanting to, to avoid that, and they're also wanting to avoid this, this thing that we've kind of enumerated in Unearthed here that, it's too easy to get great loot out in the world. Like you want the best loot to be elsewhere, but you also don't want good loot to be too elusive. Or you can't get anything good unless you run a raid. And perception's everything. I think that's one of the reasons people think back on vendor refreshes and think, well, they did them all the time and it was so great. It's just the perception of a bunch of new stuff. It isn't necessarily, you know, a bunch of new stuff. And I think the same could be said with respect to if it seems like only the best loot is in raids, dungeons, or whatever, that perception could mess with people's desire to play, you know? I, I don't know if you have anything to add here, uh, Brolo. <clears throat> I mean, I think you're just touching back on what I said before, which is, yeah, I, I agree. Like, if they are going to add more loot, I mean, number one, strip back the whole Vanguard right now because it's insane how much there is, and you don't even have to go back as far as D1 to see the like max vendor refresh and <clears throat> same skin weapons i mean that's what we had for the entirety of d2 year one too um i mean <laughs> what is it i think the armor is still the mercury drop armor you know I and mean, it's just insane i think what all we need to not all we need to do but really like what i want to see is okay if we have like more unique world event public events give us a unique drop it doesn't have to be like amazing but it has to feel special and the same thing for vendors like like you said the vanguard doesn't have to be like an amazing gun it just has to has to be unique i mean not not buzzard because that's an example of a of a eh, gun with a unique role but something like that yeah yeah um i i mean uh, you have to make the guns good but at the same time i don't want them to be like mountaintop I think that that right. right there could cause an issue if something's like, you know, mountaintop or, you know, having things too unique and too good is also an issue. So I feel like there's a yeah. fine line that they need to balance on. And I think also, you know, doing that with the vendors and the loot, as well as, you know, making the world loot actually, I think, you know, it, it needs to be valued for the content that you're doing it with. And I feel like a lot of times the content that we're doing doesn't represent 
the loot that we're getting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is where I think a lot of the... I think we're going to see, you know, some sort of party allegiance maybe forming over the next, you know, in year four, where folks will feel what you're driving at, but on the other side, they'll be like, the loot is in line with what you're doing. If you're only doing pub events or strikes, the loot's not going to be as exciting as a dungeon trials flawless run or a raid. Like, there there will be a, a logic to the game that they're not going to like, and I'm very interested to see how hot that fire gets because we've been asking since vanilla honestly we've probably been asking since king's fall wrath they were at least unique but we've been asking for a very long time for raid weaponry to be better and if we finally get it i'm i'm actually as a player and a content creator and an observer interested to see how the social experiment goes when they pull that trigger because that will be a a new debate that people will have is what well, the best stuff's in the raid it's so lame i buy the content and can't get all the dope stuff that will undoubtedly show up on reddit in the forums that oh, yeah. hints at the thing that i was talking about yesterday where aspiration breeds desire and you know it's gonna push people away but in the end it's gonna make the game in my opinion more healthier for players to play it's gonna be well what's the end game goal for me oh, well, my endgame goal is just to do public events and get the loot from there. Or is my endgame goal, well, I want to get geared up. I want to get all the good exotics so that way I can go do the raid. You know, that's what makes a healthy game environment, not sitting in the same content for an hour just to get the good loot and then be like, okay, cool. And I could just shoot stuff and then do that. And then you just die out and play a different game. That's that's not good environment. Yeah. I think the other the other side of the coin for that with what Lona was saying about oh people are going to complain about not being able to get the raid content. Well, I mean, it what else is new, right? It's like right now you got people saying, "Oh, well, I can't get the trials content or I can't get it's just going to happen." I mean, yeah. there's going to be content that you just can't get. Well, and I think this is one of the reasons we talked about the other day where I said if you have a normal and a hard mode, you have new dials you can turn because the hard mode dials naturally I think you're going to maybe turn down the generosity a little bit because you need to slow down because naturally I think people that go up into the hard mode uh, and go flawless they play a little bit more and so you have to you have to kind of like turn that down a little bit more and then then I believe you're free and clear to make normal mode or normal trials loot very very generous why well who cares at that point that's not intended for the hardcore threshold of engagement it's intended for the person who plays less often and that's i think important time in time out see the real trick there is they're putting in less time than you you're both coming away with a a reward that you enjoy and yet they're getting theirs easier if you think about it you know they're they're putting in they're putting in less time than you and they're coming away with something and feeling like it's fair and I think that's going to be the real trick is if Bungie can make it to where the hardcore players are satisfied with the quote unquote standout weapons 
but it's not so stand out that everything else feels like a piece of trash and people and everyone's just angry because well yeah it's great that i can get trials weapons a lot easier than before but who cares the adept trials weapons are a thousand times better i, I think there's a delicate balance there I, you know I- intrinsic celerity in d1 was just right in a happy spot that and they also the guns also looked different i think that that plays a role here you know the the, the adept trials weapons were black and they had intrinsic celerity and I think that that system just, it was right in that safe spot. If you're suddenly handing out Adept Trials weapons that are too tapping and making winning really, really easy, and you know, you're know you going to create this idea that, oh, this loot down here is trash. But if the loot down there, quote-unquote, is accessible, good, gets the job done, looks dope, feels dope, then even though they only play two hours a day and I play six, we're both walking away feeling like this content was sort of made for me and my rhythm and I'm happy and I think that's where year 3 faltered year 3's rhythm and delivery and content depth as well as loot quality was just very mid lane it was very right in the middle of the community the hardcore players just felt like a lot of it was it was either okay or even if it was worthy of pursuit it was super easy to get yeah uh, I think this yeah go on Avenger yeah, I mean, the biggest issue that I see is that the, the core issues, like we can say we want world, like we want things to drop in the world. We can say that all we want. But even if we had stuff that dropped in the world, I feel like there's a lot of loot issues. There's a lot, as I was saying about Sunset, I think it was yesterday in the chat, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And one piece doesn't solve the puzzle, but multiple pieces need to be put into effect. Right. Yeah, I mean, part of my problem, too, is it's like we don't have separate balancing for PvE and PvP, so, like, what might be really good in one is not necessarily great in the other, and that's often the case with, like, some PvE guns. Like, uh, I mean, Spare Rations is good in PvE, but it's, like, incredible in PvP, but there are better hand cannons for PvE, you know? like, And yet you have to do Reckoning and grind that out or something you know it's the time investment just not there and like and but that goes it's again that goes back to the end game content grind is just not worth it yeah but i you know i do think that guns viewed as good or bad are it really depends who you're asking i think you need to have pve guns be good for pve and just have separate rewards for pvp and have those be good for that well, and this is why I've always said go the route of elemental perks and effect perks, you know, bleeding, bleeding, stunning, blinding, stuff that would never proc in Crucible, you know, damage over time, stuff like that. That's how you make guns feel more space magic without destroying Crucible. One of the problems that the with, with the way they've structured weapons in, in Destiny is they just go for lethality. That's all that matters is lethality. So there's a ceiling yeah. on lethality because all of a sudden it's too good at killing everything as well as as well as guardians. You know, if if it's, everything's on a measurement of lethality, where is the where is the um, utility? Where's the utility? The, the Wendigo's utility single handedly makes some content way easier just because it blinds enemies and. I, I do. I think elemental utility could play a bigger role, and I'm hoping we start to see that with stasis, with freezing, slowing, setting traps, things like that. Like 
that is when you'll start to see people say this gun's good not because it's just brute force lethality kills stuff fast ugh ugh it'll be like no this weapon has a particular role (laughs) in this content and you know why is why is a dire promise good well it's 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 just good everywhere it's just a good strong efficient weapon with great lethality good in the crucible good for ads you know great range great great everything (laughs) but what does it do it kills things yeah it's a gun what else does it do? You know, like I think ruinous effigy is a good example of like what you're asking for. I mean, okay. It's not like the strongest trace rifle, but it's pretty good. And it has a lot of utility. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of different things you can do with it. I li- when I like that you said that, I think I, I'm not sure when I said it, but I started saying that week, we need to start asking that question. What does the weapon do? You know, what's its function? Yeah. What's it doing in combat? And Divinity gets there, you know, ruinous effigy kind of gets there. It's 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 doing something that other you know other other weapons don't get to do. Yeah. So I also think you also have to look at the other side of that and say, what does it look like? You know, I th- I feel like the design of guns is very interesting as well, um, because you know if you look at a gun, even if you know if it looks cool, people are still going to go for that gun. Um, you know, I, and there's a certain difference with that but like people who look at Uranus effigy a lot of people don't use Uranus effigy but they went and did the quest because it was a really cool looking gun mm. so i feel like there's also I mean, both right there that goes back to my call of duty has more has more futuristic looking weapons than destiny but then i you know i point back to again like the art station page for the dev that did wither horde like it was meant to be an act way more futuristic than it is like right now it just acts like a standard grenade launcher but i mean it was supposed to originally like you know flare open and like reload have this cool reload on it i just i think they just can't i think they just can't do it well hopefully that changes with the you know the next engine because i i that does affect that has a huge effect i mean you got to admit reload animations too are a huge aspect man when you get that outlaw to proc or you get a really nice hand cannon that flip 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 like there's just something really really nice about that (laughs) and you know outbreak perfected is one of the weapons that feels so good to use because of that it's got real tight animations it feels there's something crisp about it it's like a it feels like a new book there's something so sharp and pristine about it and that affects that affects your your experience in the game big time and that's why i think clunky big dumb derpy weapons like rocket launchers just even if rocket launchers were lethal right now I, i i don't know i feel like people would just gravitate away because They've sm- This is something we haven't really talked about, but they've sped the game up so much. What's getting left behind? Anything that's slow. Scout rifles, slow. Rocket launchers, slow. If it's slow, it just gets left behind. It's anything that's not high fire rate, fast fire rate, quick, 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 quick. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. The game has gotten a like a like a a, yeah. a, a go fast update multiple times. Like everything just feels fast now. They fell into the trap of Halo Four and Five. It's like, you know, they added enhanced mobility into those games and they went from, okay, we can have projectile-based guns and all that stuff to, no, we got to have hit scan because people got to go fast. Mm. And it's like, and everything just fell off. Like, you, like so many weapons fell off and they had to make a whole new bunch of new ones. Yeah, 100% there. Got anything else, Avenger? Uh, no, that's all. Okay. Cool, man. Thank you for calling in. Oh, I'm grabbing the wrong mouse. 
And we're going to come down here to Techno, last caller of the day. What do you want to talk about, Mr. Techno? I just think um, with Beyond Light coming up and us nearing year seven of the Destiny franchise that we need like an in-game story recap so far instead of just funneling people over to Bife's four and a half hour long video of the Destiny timeline. So you think what? Agreed. You think? Say that again. You don't think we should? You don't think we should be? I, I missed that. An, I'm sorry. We need like an in-game the story so far of Destiny. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, like previously on Lost. Like we need like a little, you know, if you know. Well, if you there's miss so it, many people. Yeah. There's so many people that have never stepped foot in Destiny One that aren't gonna know like. House of Wolves, Dark Below, Taken King, Rise of Iron, or Destiny 1 base game. Like, most people that didn't play Destiny 1, they didn't really care who Fellwinter was. They just thought it was a cool shotgun. I, This is why people... I, I love this idea, and it kills me they never did it. Do you remember Louise in Ant-Man? Ant-Man's friend Louise, the guy that would be like, so what happened was, and he would like go through <laughs> this rapid, comical recounting of a story with too many details... Somebody, and I think they should have done this. They should have had him do that to summarize everything in the MCU right before Endgame. It would have been one of the most brilliant pieces of marketing. We need that in Destiny. We need Louise to kind of come in and be like, all right, so what happened was is the light came and we were dead, but we weren't dead and we came back and like he needs to go through the whole thing and then arrive at, and right now we're going to Europa. And like that gets you, obviously that's comical, but there would be, I think there's definitely room for that, especially considering they said the new light experience needs to be refined. It, it, what did, they, they said they underestimated the number of guardians that were going to jump in free. Um you know this late stage in the game's life cycle and I think they need to refine that process I believe one of those is exactly what you're getting at what what in the world is going on what who's this who's that why are we going to Europa just like a, a TLDR of Destiny 1 somewhere in yeah. D2 that's easy to access for new players I can't see them not doing a story so far video they lo- I mean how could you not they they do those little it's a um, perfect opportunity if if Beyond Light, Witch Queen, and Lightfall are supposed to be a trilogy, like they're saying, then we really are going to need that pre-roll, like a Star Wars pre-roll for Destiny. Huh. Well, Where they and... give us context to the players that weren't there for beforehand or haven't spent like a good 40 hours reading all the lore pages. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it could be great marketing too, like the Destiny story so far. Like, why would you want to come and and get involved? Um, you know, I think that would be. I think that's that would be a great way to. And and they do that at the beginning of their streams, right? They do those little timelines where they show you when each raid launched and stuff. And we obviously think that's dope, but you know, I. Yeah, TV shows do it all the time, so I, I, I can't see them... I, I feel like they're going to do this. If they don't, I'd be surprised. They love their story, I, lore, and characters. I feel like it's even more important if they're going to keep going with their a la carte seasons approach and method, where you don't have to mm-hmm. buy every season. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't buy Dawn, the effects of Dawn still happened in the single evolving world. So if you no idea what happened during season of the dawn you just know saint 14 sitting over there in the tower vending for trials yeah i think that'd be great i think they could use the drifter for that too 
I think he'd be uh, pretty good at summarizing things. The drifter doing the and then and then it was like the drifter yeah, doing like, that part from Ant Man. Yeah, he could we do it. We took Crota, smacked him back down into the dark below. They went back and hit his daddy too. Like, <laughs> yeah, he could go through the whole D one, be like, you know, welcome, you know, welcome to the Guardian Hot, welcome to the Tower Hotshot. Let me show you around. Oh, by the way, you might want to know what we've been doing all this time. Like, he could just walk through. Right. The whole thing that up there that's the old tower like he could i don't know i think there's something there with him especially could be pretty funny because he's been around for a long time and we i don't even think we fully understand who or what he is um and his involvement with the stranger and heiress is really interesting and obviously since he's a main character in beyond light at least one of the main characters it would make sense to have him kind of doing a kick you know the kickoff and i had a little second part where i don't remember exactly where but not adding back factions because there's already too many NPCs and stuff in the tower. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't do anything with most of them. Like, um, you don't even have to go to Ikora for anything at all. We had to during Undying, but that was like three seasons ago at this point. And even then it was just to pick up bounties. You do... Who recently, like in the past month, had to go to Benedict... Not for Not like anything. Yeah. Or, yeah. And Ada One still has some purposes for all the players that skipped out on Black Armory, but most players are just sort of done with Black Armory at this point. So she's also kind of useless. <clears throat> hey. N- and then I know my lady. <laughs> and then you know the Drifter's useless because he's the Gambit vendor and no one likes Gambit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you yeah. got a man, you got you do have at least two that you. And can then just, you have Amanda Holiday is yeah. just there. She gives you your uh, Twitch Prime rewards if that's still a thing. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could take everything Amanda that's Holiday Prime does. Gaming, techno. You could take everything Amanda Holiday does and give it to Ikora. I mean, Ada Ada could eventually probably go away as well, because eventually I'm assuming they were going to retire the forges. Maybe not necessarily the, every planet, but then and then Benedict too. The forges like, are getting retired with Beyond Light, so I don't know why would they would leave Ada One because she won't have anything to vend unless you're just going to go over with an exotic cipher and buy one of the Black Army exotics from her. Yeah, exactly. You get the th- get the three get those three out of there, and then you have room for factions. Like you basically are going to shut them down. So I don't know. Also, and uh, I lied. I do have one more thing. I need to hold, be able to hold more than 10 engrams because I'm tired of like finishing a play session. I go to the Umbral Decoder, I get rid of 10 engrams, and I got to run all the way over to the Postmaster or reload in over there, grab my Umbrals, go back to the Decoder, decrypt them again. Sometimes I have to repeat that three times if it's been a long play session. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest gripe this season is the amount of travel and back mm-hmm. and forth with the Umbral engrams. Especially for console players because they... Oh, those the, all that the, their load their load times are two three and sometimes four times faster than those of us blessed with SSD. I mean, I you know I don't like the hardware flex on people, but that's awful. I'm serious. That's, oh, that's, I'll, that's I'll hardware flex even harder oh, NVMe. I was gonna say. Hey, well, I'll, right. I'll flex even harder. PCIe Gen 4 NVMe. Oh, you guys are such freaking nerds. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> the the new consoles aren't here yet. And, you know, these yeah. old consoles are spending... How how, mu- how much of their PlayStation is spent in transit? You know, it's like... I, I, I feel right. like... 
do you ever do that you go you, you go on a vacation you go somewhere and you feel like you're in the car more than actually doing anything you're like all we're doing is driving around and <clears throat> you feel like you spent most of your day in the car and I think that's how console players probably feel sometimes with the way that this is set up is like, I'm just constantly flying in my ship you know yeah except their car is like an old like 2009 beat up jalopy you know I just don't see why we have a 10 engram cap I don't really see don't the point for resource caps of any t- any kind. Like if I have five ascent or five or ten ascent in the charts, wherever the cap is, and then they just go to the postmaster. And then if I have more than that, they just disappear into the ether. I don't really see the point to that. Because, you know, I'll find a way to stack it regardless of that. Like I literally can pull exotics and stuff from collections, fully masterwork and throw them in the vault, and the shard guaranteed. Yeah, well, you, and I think it's because you have to look at it from probably a data management perspective. Like, okay, you can put it into a well, piece of armor. I can have 9,999 gunsmith materials, planetary materials. And then I can only hold 50 enhancement prisms and 10 ascendant shards at a time. Yeah, okay, if yeah, you guys can if you guys can hear me, AT&T is having a conniption. It won't affect the recording, but the live viewers right now. I was just getting ready to say, man, yesterday was so smooth and today's been so smooth and there it goes. It's like my modem can sense my I'm not it's like my modem can sense I don't have anxiety about my bitrate and it, it decides to go insane. We've dropped over 2000 frames. So I'm really really sorry. If you can hear my voice, it seems to be stabilizing and the recording should be fine, but the the bitrate just kind of just took an absolute uh, roller coaster ride. So, um, that's probably a good time to end the episode anyway. About thirty minutes in, uh, unless Techno, you had anything else. Vanguard and Crucible tokens should be tied to the year, and they should depreciate every time they get a vendor refresh. Yeah, I think that and bounties should be encased to their season. I think every bounty should be titled, you know, season season of arrivals Vanguard bounty, season yeah, of like, the worthy Vanguard. I'm, I'm bounty. taking that, but one step further and adding it to like Crucible and Vanguard tokens. So like, when Crucible Vanguard get their update next year, you won't be able to token slam to get all the new stuff. Yeah, because. Those were tokens from the Shadow Keep year. So in the the Beyond Light year, you're gonna have to get tokens for Beyond Light year for Vanguard and Drifter or Vanguard and Crucible. If there were Gambit tokens, that'd be terrible. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that they struggle to find out. Like, they struggle to be like, what do we do with the tokens? Because there's just so many people that are rich with them. If they suddenly give them new purpose, we bypass all of that, right? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be able to slam my way through whatever you come up with. So a nice, a nice type of reset on bounties and currencies of some sort, I think would be good. You don't want to invalidate what people have worked on. You want to say, hey, look, all those tokens. Personally, this is what I would do. I would just say, hey. All those tokens, there you, you can keep them. They're not going anywhere, and you can turn them in, but they're only going to give you stuff. They're only going to be usable for stuff from the year that they came from. This new thing that we're doing with Vanguard and Crucible, this new this new currency system, boon system, whatever, um, you you can't use those tokens for that because you earn those tokens in year three. If they introduce a brand new mechanism with the Vanguard for boons or some sort of drop rate something. 
I, I think it's fair to say there's a new currency from that. Those tokens are sort of being, um, you know, retired. And same with bounties. It's like you <clears throat> did that bounty during Season of Arrivals. It's a Season of Arrivals bounty, and it's sort of in case there. You can turn it in. We're not taking it away from you. Yep, go ahead, turn it in. But it's only going to reward you with stuff from that season because that's where it came from to begin with. That's yeah. That's and, that, and I go back to okay. We can do boons. And then just some like seasonal cosmetics. Just that's all you use the tokens for it. That's just gatekeeping for the sake of gatekeeping. I don't think you understand the definition of gatekeeping, Jay, because that's not the definition of gatekeeping. Telling somebody that you're still going to have your reward honored, right? I run and do all these bounties in Season of Arrivals. I still get the 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 appropriate appropriate reward for the bounty. Getting to kind of like, getting to kind of hang on a second, hang on a second, getting to hide it in the corner and then pull it out next season is ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. You didn't even do it in that season. Same thing with currency. You got currency from what season three? You're gonna drop it in season twelve, season thirteen. It's it's stupid. They would still give you the reward, but it would be tied to when you got the currency or the bounty completed. That's logical. That's not dictating to you how to play. You get punished because you planned? What do you mean you get punished? That's not punishment. That is not punishment. That is such a weird, bizarre way to look at it. You completed this Trials bounty or this Vanguard bounty in Season of Arrivals. It will come with a reward from Season of Arrivals. They are honoring your playtime with the appropriate reward. You're trying to like sneak it in the back and be like, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I know I did it three months ago, but I saved it and I'm turning it in now. Give me something from this season. Come on, don't. You're looking at this completely upside down. You're still getting the reward that honors your time commitment. What were you going to say, Techno? Uh, well, I lost my train of thought, but they're talking about the tokens, and I'm sitting here on about 10,000 Vanguard tokens that when they refresh the, the vendors, I can just slam it, get all my new stuff, power level. That yeah, that and too. You invalidate anything be, they do. People seem to be more upset on my stance about the tokens than about the bounties, because I've been sitting on these Vanguard tokens since like Curse of Osiris, and they they just keep snowballing into the next season because I have no reason to turn them into a vendor. So my Vanguard yeah. tokens just snowball each consecutive season, and as soon as there's something new, I just slam in a thousand of them and. Now I just build up tokens for the rest of the season. I'm telling you, just get like 2,000 tokens for an ornament from the Vanguard. And be like, okay, you're getting rid of the mass piles of tokens everybody has. And yeah. you're giving a reward that people actually like. Come on, though. But then you're only, then you're only feeding the wealthy at that point. Like, what is this, America? Like, I think what you need to do <laughs> in that... In that, in this situation, you know, Keely is like making an entirely new currency just to purposely replace the previous currency. Now, just track with me here, though. I understand being like, you're completely invalidating my grinding currency. Okay, so when you were hoarding all these tokens, you couldn't conceive of this brand new system that I'm talking about, a whole new mechanism of 
of the Vanguard giving you the ability to do like weapon boons or engram focusing of some kind, right? They come up with a brand new system. It's totally fine to be like, no, this new system has a new currency. You can't use three-year-old currency for a brand new system in year four to basically feel like, no, I can save all these tokens and invalidate whatever grind you build for year four. I just think that's Hmm. unreasonable as an expectation. If they try to build a new system for you to grind with, like, I'll give you the example of Ada's bounties. When they dropped Ada's bounties in the game, you couldn't bypass her natural grind by just throwing glimmer or tokens at it or, or gunsmith materials. Why? It was a brand new system with its own internal economy and grind, and bypassing it would have short-circuited the entire system that they built for Black Armory. So if you take her system, repackage it a little bit, and shove it into the Vanguard, you're going to bypass all the grind, all the natural lanes they built by being like, here's tokens. <laughs> you just pour them on like Scrooge McDuck and then you're done. It's over. No grind. (laughs) I think like the rebuttal that is even like simpler than that bar, you know, maybe a couple people, which is that, okay, it's invalidating your grind, but like really you're invalidating your own grind. I mean, you're sitting there piling on tokens season after season, arguing that, oh no, it's another girl. Why? For what? You're not using them. Why do you care? You're like... (laughs) My dollar from 1965 works the same as my dollar from 2020. All right, listen. No, it doesn't. Adjusted for inflation, it does not. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say for inflation. I could get a Coke for a nickel in 1965. And now what's a nickel do for you? Nothing. It jingles in your pocket. And and, and you probably use it for doing laundry or something. Maybe not even that. You think you need quarters (laughs) for laundry. No, (laughs) even in that, it's worth less now. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> brother right. and it's a video it's a video game dude it's a video game they like this is something that that the guy from Diablo touched on you have to protect players from themselves to a certain extent if they drop a brand new grind and system in the game like the obelisk grind or any of those other grinds and you can bypass it because you're destiny rich you're as as Brolo just said you're you're taking your own grind away you're you're invalidating grind by being like welcome to the new season you don't have to do anything exactly. wasn't there a moment of triumph where you booted up and it was all retroactive I was like click click yeah, click click I'm done year. No, was, no, 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 it, was, it wasn't, last, it wasn't this year. It was last year, wasn't it? Oh, no, it? it was, okay, it was last year then, yeah, yeah. It was definitely one of them. Yeah, I just went yeah, through and clicked on everything. I was like, I'm done, I can buy the t-shirt now. What kind of an event was yeah. that? Because it was retroactive. <laughs> but it honored my grind to do what? Welcome to Moments of Triumph, you're going to click through Triumphs. Like, that's that was my Moments of Triumph. Was it was, How destiny could you get? <laughs> Clicking oh. through a menu. That was my event. <laughs> It was a moment, yeah. Momentary moments of triumph. That's what it was. It was a moment with triumphs. All right, Avenger, that's pretty good. But like, <laughs> like I, I understand feeling like they're reaching into your pockets and stealing from you. Like, oh, I saved all this stuff up. I don't want them to do that. But I also don't want to let them continue to allow this this almost like this retro maybe not even retroactive it's like a preemptive bank heist it's like you save everything up and you're like are you guys ready you guys ready new season (sighs) i'm gonna cash all my chips in now and it's like what are you doing no it's like those people that you know oh i gotta save this health potion oh i gotta save this and next thing you know you got like ten thousand health potions fifty fifty thousand mana xp and it's like you never use it. Like you say to yourself, you're going to use it. You're going to use it. You're going to use it. Yeah. You never use it. And then something new comes out and you're like, oh, I didn't really care about it anyway. 
I did that today with the Senin shards. I was like, I have six. I need three to spend here, and right. I almost, I almost didn't do it. I was like, I gotta save them. But why? What are they doing if why? I save them? They're <laughs> just sitting there. I do that all the time in video games. I end the game and I'm like, I have 78 of these potions I never took. Like, well, I guess they, like they're just sitting there. Like, I'll save those for the for a hard fight. Yeah. You know, they just sit there. It's like, oh, what if I need it though? You know, uh, you know, you don't need it. All right. Do you have anything else, uh, Techno? Uh, one last thing, and we're going again, going on that resources tangent. We finally got a little something about what's going to be happening to planetary resources when the uh, destinations get vaulted, and they said they're vaulting the resources, and then that's it because they don't know exactly what that's going to mean for resources in your inventory. They they specifically stated somewhere that resources are getting vaulted. The planetary resources, like yes, the phase glass needles and the stuff like that from and the simulation seeds and all that stuff those are going to be getting vaulted as well they're not going to show up for any currency yeah or when you say vaulted you mean my, they're going to leave my inventory yes yeah disappear gone deleted yeah where did they state this i'll have to find the reddit post but i can find that after i'm done with the call in The they said they're they vaulting the resources when they vault the destinations, and they didn't really go into more specifics than that. That's got to be a Reddit post, because bu- I'm fairly certain. I'm fairly certain when I read this on Bungie, it was, it was that there was nothing said about resources. It was, um, oh, what's the article? It's like building a building a destiny for the future building a be- better yeah building i think it's building a, a sustainable destiny dadgummit it's not front yeah, and center on their website anymore um it i swear they said it they said and and their activities was how it was phrased i, I don't remember reading currency again it, it, it would have had to have been somebody somewhere else like on reddit or something um building a viable future for destiny here it is or is it in destiny past present and future um uh, it says right here mars io titan mercury and leviathan and their supported activities so that's how it's phrased it's that's how it's phrased here on building a future uh in destiny and then there's another place where they talk about it um down here it says it again this includes all PVE activities uh, and campaigns on those destinations. So it says it again down here. Um, you know what? I could just do a search for materials if the word materials ever shows up here. No, materials does not show up here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the other one: Destiny, Past, Present, and Future. Uh, and I'm gonna do a search for the word material. No, it's not there. So it would have had to have been some form of a Reddit post or something, because I'm not I'm not seeing it on either of those articles. They don't mention materials. Um, it I have it somewhere. It's des- just gonna take me a minute to find it. Destination and activity content, which I'm assuming, which which I guess they're they're grouping that under that, because it is destination content. I mean, it's kind of weird they're taking stuff out of our um, inventories. I would assume they're putting it back the way it was. Gunsmith will get an update then, though, because he's going to be selling stuff that requires those currencies. So obviously they'd have to update the upgrade modules to no longer require currencies that have been retired. Um, I think they're going to put... I think they're going to... around, too. 
I think so they're going to put them all in a bin. I think they're going to put them all in a bin. I think everything you're going to—they're not going to take currency away from you. I think they're going to put it in the box that's on the season pass. If you know that when they give you those season bundle, the the, the resource uh, destination resource bundle. Um. Oh wait, here it is. Here it is. Somebody found it for you. Dino found it. Some currencies and items will end up rotating out of your inventory. Example, destinations that are going into DCV won't need the slots in your inventory. So hopefully that cleans a few things up. This is according to uh, DMG. Um, So that was posted. That's a four-hour timestamp. So that's been recently stated. Um, So yeah, he is... I I guess I'm wrong. I thought they were going to throw them all into a box. Apparently they're not. You're not... they're, they're, They're gone. The biggest thing for me is that last paragraph. Are currencies from yeah. D- DCV destinations going to be removed, or can I exchange them at a vendor and beyond light? And they're like, uh, we don't know yet. We'll let you know when we find out. Oh, yeah. He qualifies us down at the bottom. You're right. Are the currencies from DCV destinations going to be removed, or could I exchange them? And he says, we don't have any info. So, they, yeah, they don't even know. Yeah, I, they're probably getting nuked. They're probably getting nuked, and they don't want to tell you because people be are going to get angry. thing to avoid the... Uh problem that we talked about earlier with the token slamming to get stuff i mean because you imagine people are probably sitting on thousands of tokens for various things and if you just can convert that into whatever i i think they should just convert it into a universal currency that makes this so much easier with the dcv it does it makes it so much easier like gunsmith materials is a generic currency that comes from everything you dismantle every planetary resource is just going to a box who cares about spiders spiders market that's not even a spider is a band-aid we, yeah, he was a bandit exactly. The tower, just convert it to whatever the hell they use for currency in the last city. Or why are like or you know, tower tokens or something, you know? Like we don't need to have all these desks. Sorcerer Havoc with $5 tips says, "Does that mean we should uh, try to use it before they take the resources out? We better get clarity before Beyond Light lands because if I could have gone to Spider and gotten and, and basically dumped a bunch of retiring resources and they don't tell us and then they just delete them, I think people will justifiably be ticked off. Like if I'm sitting on like right here, I got 1,100 simulation seeds. It, it, I could have used that to get legendary shards or something. I guess legendary shards would be the really only thing you would try to get out of it. Not that I need those legendary shards. I have 10,000, but you get the point. It it feels like you're taking something from me, even if I don't need it. I feel know. like that would be the best way to say they're literally reaching into your pocket and taking something out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because periodically I would go and make sure and get myself to a, a decent amount of, of those planetary currencies because periodically I would need them for stuff. So it's like I have spent money uh, sometimes, some of my in-game currency to get that planetary currency. I would, I'm telling you, make it a generic currency. It makes the DCV situation so much easier. You're constantly taking planets in and out of the game every 12 months or so. You don't have to worry about this anymore. It's just a generic box of planetary resources you know that's now it might be more difficult than than how i'm making it because maybe they're actually tied to the planets in some way uh but if i if i was in in the chair and that was a possible solution i would just pull the trigger on that that solves the problem it honors people's grind and it simplifies currency menus big time because you take what 10 currencies down to one I feel so. like this is one of those things like transmog where we're going to need an answer as soon as possible before some of this stuff becomes unattainable or gets removed. Right, because they told people, like, don't get rid of your armor. We don't even know how we're doing transmog yet. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't do anything yet. Let's get some, let's try to get some clarity. So, all right. Is that it? You got anything else in the bag, Techno, or is that it? No, that should have been about a half an hour of uh, me complaining. 
no, it was good. It was good. Thank you for calling in, Techno. Uh, and thank you, uh, Brolo, for joining me today, dude. It was a lot of fun. It was my pleasure. And thank you to everybody who was here chatting or listening or discussing. Uh, a lot of people were going back and forth. Uh, some people are struggling with civility, but some of you are very, very good about that. So thank you for disagreeing in a civil way and being awesome and dope. If you're listening to this content elsewhere and you'd prefer to be here for the live show, you can go to saynotorage.com and come in and watch the live shows on YouTube. Whenever you're on YouTube, whether you're here right now or maybe you come on here later, be sure to click subscribe and the bell button. You can also click the join button, pick between all those memberships. If you like this call-in segment, you got to be a VIP to do that. You can also do that on the Patreon. The tiers in the membership are identical. You can go to sntrpresents.com. That will take you to the Patreon. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching in all the other locations. Please like, share, and subscribe.